Kiefer's a guy who's doing his part to talk about why he thinks that games are art and gush over things that are near to our hearts. So let's select a game and press start. Hello and welcome to Select and Start, the podcast about meaningful and memorable video games. I'm your host, Kiefer, and every episode I bring on a guest to talk about a video game that made an impact on their life. Today's guest is a tabletop RPG game designer as well as a podcaster. In fact, they are a co-host of a fellow Moonshot Network show, Champs in the Making. It's Riley Hopkins. Riley, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. I have been in a car for five hours, and now I am sitting safely in my home to talk about video games. So <laughs> it's all looking up from here. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you're home safe. Not just sitting in a car rambling about Sonic the Hedgehog like we could have done, or like a lot of YouTubers probably do. Indiana, let me just say, Indiana is the state that God forgot. I, I, I hate driving through that state so much. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry about your trip. <laughs> I wish it was faster. <laughs> We're going to talk about all things speed in a moment. But first, before we get into all that, please, for the people who don't have the pleasure of knowing you, introduce yourself. What do you do and what do you like? Yes. Hello. My name is Riley Hopkins. My pronouns are he and they. Uh, I am a tabletop designer and entertainer. Um, I have designed Powered by the Apocalypse games that you might know, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, a Kingdom Hearts-inspired game that had a podcast of the same name. Um, and then I've also made games like uh, ZS2E, uh, If Not Us, Then Who, and I am currently working on Interstitial 2nd Edition. My podcast, I've been podcasting for a decade now. <laughs> I did the math, and <laughs> that messes me up. <laughs> but <laughs> I, have, uh, I have done too many shows over my time. <laughs> And currently, I'm doing Champs in the Making, the Pokemon Bracket podcast. I am doing Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends, my uh, actual play podcast. And I am on the podcast lines. They're up for the grace of pod. Go we. You remember the show Cool Games, Inc.? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what if one of those hosts did not really fall off in a major way? And it was about <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Sounds great. Until, <laughs> Except for that one part. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> We don't talk about the other host of Cool Games Inc. anymore. All right, we won't then. Um, <laughs> look, you've uh, been podcasting for 10 years. Clearly, you do a lot for tabletop RPGs, but we we're talking about video games in this episode of this particular podcast with a host who's only been podcasting for, let me check my notes here, one year. Uh, so you got a few <laughs> on me. But you do, you are such a good host. I I didn't, I, I interviewed, I like interviewing people, but I mm. haven't done it in a long time and like you are such a good interview it's it's baffling to me i'm just like oh i was listening to the uh battlefront 2 episode today and like mm -hmm. your your guest at that point mentions uh like D D on a half thought 40 minutes ago and you bring it up again later on and i was like that's a that's a pro move. <laughs> and the anime zone out it's like that rules you're you're very good host I appreciate that. Thank you so much. High praise coming from you. But we're going to stop complimenting me for five seconds and <laughs> put it back on you. This is a video game podcast. We got to check our credentials at the top. No community in the world likes to gatekeep more than the gamers. So let's do that real quick. What's your gaming history? Who or what got you into it? What's your relationship with it throughout the years and so on? I had to think really, really hard about this because it is a gaming has like always been around right like i'm i'm at the point where i'm like i think about my life and i think about like i've pretty much played video games for all of it right 
it has been a it has been a constant. But uh, I, I like went through and I try to figure out my first memories of playing a game. And there's three ones I think might that had a contender for the first game I played. They were all on a PC that my dad had when I was very, very young. And I don't know how to do the math on it to figure out how. But I think I was sub 10. And on this computer, there was Motocross Madness, which is a dirt bike game that I think came free with every computer. For some reason, Mech Warrior 2 and a emulated version of Pokemon Red. <laughs> <laughs> and like that combination of things was on this computer that I had growing up. And like, I remember those are like my earliest memories of playing games. And I don't know how they got there because my dad doesn't play video games <laughs> or at least he doesn't anymore. Maybe he did at one point. But like those things like started the, me on the path of like playing games further and further. Then my cousin, who's like a like a big brother to me, we're separated by like two years. He got a Super Nintendo. Me and him would sit at our grandma's house and we would play. We'd play Earthbound. We'd play uh, Tur- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, uh, Uniracer. And most of those, I would just sit over his shoulder as he played. <laughs> those, game- those SNES games still hold such a special place in my heart because we had like the six of them and just like played them into the dirt. Mm-hmm. Like Earthbound was one that he like would come. He never he f- didn't finish until we were in college. He would keep coming back to it every year or so. And the two of us would sit there and we'd get a little bit further in the story and come back to it later. And I remember being like, I guess it was when I was turning 21. He was turning 22. And we were sitting there on our couch because we were roommates and we were playing the Gygax fight. And we were like, this is the end of an era. <laughs> like This is the coolest <laughs> thing I can imagine. <laughs> 20 years in the making. Yeah, a whole... A whole lifetime you spent a coming of age story playing out in real time just trying to beat one single video game. I'll never claim to be good at them, you know? No, no, no. I mean, like, Earthbound number one is hard and it's, it's a lot, mm-hmm. but it is a fantastic game to have that long, long form experience with, I guess. Yeah, it it ruled. And then, like, after so I, I like mapped out my 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 passage of like which consoles hit my hands first and next. Right. And so. SNES, and then the two of us together get an N64 for our grandma's house because we'd go off to, to our grandma's house every day after school. And so we got an N64 together. And from there, it was like, you know, Zelda and Smash Bros and Star Fox. And like that was like on and Quest 64 is a name that sticks out of my brain, which I think we just rented from a family video. <laughs> <laughs> but like we would play we played Orcarina of Time into and out of the dirt. We were at a point where we had beaten it so many times that we would like, I guess I was maybe 11 and he's like 13 at this point, but we're making music videos in the game. We're doing little machinimas before machinima existed, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're like listening to songs and making little music videos and timing jumps off the bridge of Gerudo <laughs> Valley at the right time and everything to, to the sting in the police. <laughs> <laughs> and we we just did that and then after after that we or maybe at the same time as that we're doing humongous entertainment right like pajama sam spy fox putt putt do you know do you do you recognize these names yes of course yeah like those were we we played played those into the dirt again and then i in elementary school like i think around fourth grade had a friend dakota and his uncle lived below him and his uncle had three gaming PCs and would let us all go down and just like, ah, play whatever games you want. Okay. And like, so that guy got me into Unreal Tournament, EverQuest 2, and then, uh, or EverQuest 1 at that point, and then uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Mm-hmm. And then 
Star Wars Galaxies ends up taking over my life for the next chunk of time as it uh, as like that MMO goes on and eventually ends out after that because I'm a big Star Wars head. And that was a game that didn't really have a plot. It was just like, do you want to live here? Yeah. <laughs> what is your experience with Star Wars Galaxy? Do you know that? I, I missed the boat on that one. I was mm-hmm. probably 15, 16 when it finally closed down forever. I do have to ask mm-hmm. you, because uh, it closed down like right before the Old Republic started up. Is that yep. is that correct? Yeah. Yep, 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 it yeah. did. What is your fe- what is like your feelings about that? Having like invested so much time into an officially dead game that you can't revisit. <laughs> <sighs> The thing about like the old Republic is apparently a very good MMO and I believe everybody about that. <laughs> but like the thing about star Wars galaxies is that it was so unique because like you would have a guild and your guild could make a city and your city had a place and buildings and everyone had a home and you had to vote for a mayor. And then everyone in the city had a different job. And like just outside of feed on Naboo, there was a, our guild had a city and it was run by a Wookiee named Ben Baca (laughs) and he hung out out there and he had he had his he was a Jedi and we we kicked it for so long and then like it also that game had like a like a a tide of war right so like oh the planet's owned by the rebels now or the Imperials have control of it yada yada and like it was a rebel planet for so long because we were a rebel guild and we tried to protect it and then like the Imperials took over and so we would run into feed on our speeder bikes and you'd kill the NBCs and then they drop ATATs, ATSTs and stuff. And then like I remember a, a Lambda shuttle comes down and like they have a Darth Vader NPC, which is like, you're not winning this fight. <laughs> and Ben Baca goes up, gets slaughtered in one, and we get kicked out of that city. And it's like, I don't know. Even though that game's dead, like dead dead, I, there are still ways to play <laughs> Star Wars Galaxies. Oh good. There are people who are making uh making content for it still. I booted it up uh like three years ago. They still haven't made as fun of a space sim for Star Wars as the jump to light speed expansion for that game. Well, I mean it's good to know that it, you know, some stories never really go away. Uh <laughs> no one's ever really gone. Yeah. Uh but um it is unfortunate that it's not uh, officially supported. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad that like if if the urge arises, you can revisit uh, that mm-hmm. immersive world. Yep. But that sounds like such a meaningful experience for you. What is like what what have you been playing lately? Lately, I uh, well, <laughs> what have I been playing lately? Have you heard of this silly little game called Tears of the King? <laughs> yeah, it just came out last week as of the time of this recording. <laughs> that has absorbed most of my time that I've had to play games. Um, I have been like sitting on playing that nonstop. But before that, I like ripped through Jedi Survivor and ripped through a uh, dredge, which is like mm-hmm. an indie fishing gothic horror game. And it sounds really that, good, but unfortunately, it's Tears of the Kingdom time for the next two months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everyone else. I need to, <laughs> I, I've learned how to build a hover bike because I was a Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts defender. And yeah. so now I get to be like, yes, yes, this is built on the bones of my beautiful Banjo-Kazooie game. For sure. No, uh, I feel like um, it has like a lot of the DNA of Death Stranding in there, too. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of like p- controversial uh games of a certain type being incorporated into this game that is not you know universally but pretty widely being proclaimed as possibly the greatest game ever made (laughs) it's wild that they made breath of the wild which i was like this is a great game this is like a near perfect game and then they just went out and did it again but better (laughs) yeah i mean think about it as like an 11 year game in the making or the 11 year Mm -hmm. dev cycle i guess we should say right because Mm -hmm. like breath of the wild comes out that's a complete dev cycle the game comes out complete and then Mm -hmm. it's like all right 
let's do let's build on this. Let's let's let's, let's expand on this and creating like the biggest yes and ever into creating one of the most like minute to minute immersive video games I've ever played question mark. <laughs> and really like, I'm only a weekend, like an hour ago, I just beat my first actual temple in the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a great time with it. We'll see if my opinion changes on it in the next few episodes, but I am officially <laughs> in a mode that I haven't really been in, in a video game since like Elden ring. So yes. it's great. And I just, I just finished playing resident evil four remake. I played these games back to back. I haven't played Jedi survivor yet. Again, we're on Tears of the Kingdom lockdown for the next two months, but uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake was also fucking fantastic. Like, I have very few notes. Uh, if you go back and listen to my Resident Evil 4 episode I did with Eric, mm-hmm. I was like, I, may, I hope it's great. I hope it's good. And it's like, oh, man, they did it. They somehow managed to do it. I It's it's a very good time for uh, for good games at this, at this exact intersection. I, it has been like a stacked top of the year slash end of last year. And like I, I've been so I've been so happy to be just like glued to my computer and <laughs> stuff. We're hitting the point where some things are coming out on like a on like PS5 or the new Xbox. I can't remember. The, I cannot remember the naming convention, but mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I can't play them. And I'm just like sitting longingly looking over the corner and just be like, oh, but I want to get to there too. I want to play those too. Sure. And like uh, I know, like the Ratchet and Clank game came out a long time ago at this point, but like I love 3D platformers as the, 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 as what I'm doing here says. Yeah, no, Rift Apart is now on the uh, that uh, PlayStation Plus uh, system ecosystem now, and it's a fantastic game. I loved it, and I'm so glad that more people get to play that game. Eventually, they'll get to play that game if they don't have a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no, lots of fantastic games already out this year yeah so many coming i'm worried about the next year and two because it takes like six years to make a decent game these days mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh could the game of the year of 2024 be dlc who's to say uh at least in the triple a space i'm not really worried about like double a well mm-hmm. in terms of volume i'm worried about the double a gaming space but like the thing that is happening in like uh like double a game like the double a gaming right now is like it's so fascinating because like what hi-fi rush dropped this year and that was a incredible game literally out of nowhere as far as like me continuing to refer to 3d platformers or 3d action games it dropped out of nowhere from a from a dev that no one was expecting it from and so if more people are just like quietly working on things that are different than what they usually do i'm i'm fascinated for that returnal was also like out of nowhere from a uh oh what it's not retro arc that's the, that's the emulator software <laughs> the people who did Resogun. They mainly did arcade stuff before that, and then that's why Returnal has these arcade... Oh, Housemark, yeah. Housemark yes. or whatever, yeah. They've got those... They have, like, a very uh, arcade element to it, where it's, like, the bullet hell nonsense, but on this, like, really, like, realistic-looking world, which is just such a fun uh, dissonance. And I, I hope more studios are working on things that break their, their consistency or break their stride. Because... When people fall, when companies, when just, uh, devs fall into a pattern, like I feel like with the um, new God of Sony Santa Monica with the new God of War game, like it's like, oh yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a Sony house style game before. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know what these are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's less interesting to me than when it's like, hey, you want to see what weird stuff we got cooking up in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. Like, even in the most cynical terms you want an appetizer before you get a main course so it's kind of weird that we're not getting so many double a games really mm-hmm. from sony i think xbox is really nursing that space because if you really think about it they don't have a ton of 
you know, A-list stuff that's coming mm-hmm. out on the dock. They have like Starfield, that kind of stuff coming out. But like when you're looking at their upcoming docket, it's a lot of like smaller video games. Mm-hmm. And that's just because like they're really trying to juice up their uh, Game Pass ecosystem. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously like they had a couple, you know, recent disasters. Redfall feels mm-hmm. like a triple this feels like it was meant to be a double a game that they juiced up into a triple a game yeah. uh, to disastrous results rushed it out two years early <laughs> um, it is it is wild the amount redfall has been kind of just turned into a punching bag real quick because mm-hmm. like that was the game i was like oh this looks interesting and then it's just been nothing but like look at this thing look at this thing mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, it's the it's the it's the summer punching bag. Like every time like a bunch of video games come out around the same time, we just gotta find one video game that we can all agree like, but not that one. <laughs> one of you is the schmuck, one of you is getting put into a locker, and it's just gonna happen. You're just a loser. You're the guy we keep around to feel better about ourselves. I don't know. You're, you're the days gone of this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Point is, great year for video games. Uh great month <laughs> in particular. Um You'll get my Tears of the Kingdom updates in the in the coming episodes, guys. Don't worry. Let's talk. Let's let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you've talked about your experience playing the SNES and the GameCube, getting into PC gaming across your lifetime. What would you say is your favorite console? Oh, this is really hard. I, I I like. I had a. I have an answer that's in my in my stomach, right? That is like, this is the right one. Like this is the right answer, and it's the GameCube, right? Because mm-hmm. I wonder can, why I can, you think that, <laughs> right? <laughs> you remember when Don't I got look at the, the episode title? <laughs> nobody look, nobody look, nobody look. I've never actually owned a Sega console, which is wild to me for how big of a Sonic fan I am now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that whole thing dodged me. But the GameCube had like what I think are the best Mario games as far like as anything else is like it had Sunshine and Luigi's Mansion. It had the Metroid Prime game. It had uh like a bunch of fun smaller sports games that i got really into like wave runner mm-hmm. um and then it had sonic it had its little form factor that's where you get pikmin and you get uh animal crossing for the first time i remember playing a fire emblem game on there for the first time ever instead of just calling marth sword boy yeah <laughs> from smash the gamecube is a special console to me it, it it truly is i don't think anything has ever really come come close to it even like multi-platform games on there i i only played on on gamecube if i could i played soul caliber 2 up and down with uh with link <laughs> as mm-hmm. their as their deal as their extra character ps2 sure i get it xbox yeah that's great i i, I like i love you xbox i get it but i just you can't beat the gamecube there hey i mean if that's your answer that's your answer i do i mean if you look at the this show's back catalog it's a lot of gamecube games right mm-hmm. now yeah, uh, we just did the Wind Waker episode. We have Resident yeah. Evil Four in there. We have Metroid Prime. Oh. This is going to be our fourth uh, GameCube <laughs> game in a. And we're just in our early twenties in terms of episode numbers. <laughs> the, my 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 close second answer would be controversially the PS3, but that's just because that's what I had in high school, right? Right. The PS3 is like the one that is like at my at my apex of spending time gaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is playing PlayStation Three games nonstop. It is getting way too far into. I got very into Call of Duty in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got way too into caring about KD ratios, and I don't anymore. <laughs> I can't do it. We we all have our little like, man, I spent a lot of time doing that <laughs> games. Mine's Overwatch. <laughs> Godspeed, you are a brave soldier out there. And there hasn't even been like a single moment where I thought I should download Overwatch 2. That moment has that has that thought has never crossed my mind. And there was two straight years where I was playing Overwatch. 
<laughs> it's like my close... main game. <laughs> I the the concept of forever games has always baffled, like not baffled me, but like intrigued me because like I there's part of me that wishes I could be one of those pe- people that just I'm like, all right, I'm gonna sit down and time for another bunch of League of Legends. Time to go back into the mines again, Minecraft. Like, and this is the only game I play. I can't do that. I need to keep getting a new game or a new thing to play or else I'm just going to I will wither away and stop playing like I just don't have the drive to keep playing one thing over and over. I don't finish games even anymore. Mm -hmm. I play it for like 30 hours. and I'm like, I think I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get your I get it. (laughs) You know, I've I've bounced off of multiplayer games for the time being. I have a lot of games I need to play for this show. Tears of the Kingdom's out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I just looked on my desktop real quick to to verify this. I still have Team Fortress 2 downloaded on my PC just in case. Just in case, <laughs> just in case of a rainy day. <laughs> you know, that was that's that's the multiplayer game I put the most time into ever. And granted, it's been a few years since I've opened it back up, but there's always just a part of me that's like, one day <laughs> I, I could I could I could brush off my little helmet and go back in there as the engineer. It's having a resurgence on Tumblr. Is I it? see so many Team Fortress 2 posts and I'm just like, how, how where am I? <laughs> what year is it? But jumping back even further in the conversation back to the to the GameCube talking about that ecosystem. What's very interesting is I, I I did some research because I was trying to like get to the core at this episode, like finally address like we've talked about the GameCube a lot. In this mm-hmm. show, looking into it, I, I saw this article that IGN put in uh, tr- out in 2014 that broke down the lifetime sales of like Nintendo's hardware and software numbers. And GameCube lifetime sales worldwide 21.74 million units. Not a lot, not a lot for games at least. Now, if you did that, that'd be a failure. That'd just be an mm-hmm. out and out failure. But the GameCube managed to be profitable for Nintendo at the end of the day uh, because it had a loyal fan base, people like you and me who got a lot of games on that particular console, even if they had like a PlayStation 2 in their house, if something went multi-plat- if multi-platform, they probably got the GameCube version trying to justify keeping this console that doesn't have a lot of games published for it. Like 600-some games are published for the GameCube, over 4,000 on the PlayStation 2. Is that real? Like only 600? 600-something, yeah. Like the Nintendo 64 had like 300-something. The GameCube had a little over 600, probably just under 700. You know, the GameCube was outsolded by the PlayStation of more than seven to one. The PlayStation 2 had more than seven times of video games, wow. so on and so forth. But you look at the at the attach rate and, uh, you know, for people who don't have a business degree like I unfortunately do, that's um, <laughs> the equation where, you know, you divide the number of secondary products, which is, you know, in this case, the units of video game software sales. And then you divide that by the number of primary products, in this case, number of GameCube sold. And then their, their total number is your attach rate. So in this case, mm-hmm. 9.59, which means like for every GameCube, 9.59 games were sold for one. You look at like the Game Boy Advance, the Nintendo DS even, and those don't have like huge high like attach rates for them. In general, if you had a DS, you only had like a handful of video games. But if you had a GameCube, you probably had 10, maybe nearly even a dozen mm-hmm. GameCube games alone. That, that's impressive. Also, I just looked up the prices of how much like the different systems cost. And like the GameCube is like $199 to PlayStation 2 and Xbox is $299 at that point. But like, I guess I would think that then there'd be more of them sold. But like, like you said, like they, they, they didn't. I wonder if it's just because it's a aesthetically pleasing machine in my brain. When I think of the Xbox, I think of like this big, ugly 
box with a green circle on it and that big old Duke controller. And mm-hmm. like the PlayStation is like, well, there's I can see lines. <laughs> I see lines and I see the Spider-Man font. But with the GameCube, I can imagine that purple key, the purple square or the it's orange or some people have the silver one. I think of the wave bird. I think of like my third party Pelican controller that had a slight whine when you plugged it in because it had <laughs> neon in it. <laughs> it sure was radiating my hands or something. Yeah. Don't we all have third party controllers that kind of irradiate us a little bit as a kid? <laughs> And that's where the ADHD came from. <laughs> you got it. It's My all... Darth Vader PlayStation 2 controller. <laughs> it all goes Do- back to that. Doctors hate him, mad cats. <laughs> yeah. God. They have a lot to answer for. They make Guitar Hero peripherals now. Or like they, not Guitar Hero peripherals, but like knockoff guitars that you can use for Clone Hero and stuff online. Like that's like how like they don't, I don't think they make controllers as much anymore. As much as they're like, yeah, we're the only people on the block that make like guitars that are USB. That's how you stay in business, not doing what everybody else does, doing something only you do. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, no, the GameCube, high attach rate, wonderful system, not a total failure, as evidenced by the, the people I get on my show somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> great console. I have to ask this question every episode. Is there anything you are looking forward to playing after your Tears of the Kingdom? There is. I, I put together a silly little list because Go I was like, it. I know this is coming. There is a we're talking about Sonic today, Sonic Frontiers, which is Sonic, Sonic of the Wild, basically Sonic's Breath of the Wild game is going to have story DLC. And as somebody who cares too deeply about Sonic characters, I am like pointedly waiting for that because I'm the one person on Earth who plays Sonic games for the story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm also looking at a Lamplighters League, which is a new tactics game from a Hairbrain Studios, the team that made Battletech, because I didn't even get into this. Like, I love tactics games. That's like my preferred genre is I get way too into those. I started with Lego Rock Raiders, uh, mm-hmm. which was a tactics game for this Lego series. But uh, Hairbrain Studios is making Lamplighters League, which is like a pulp noir XCOM like. And I, I love Battletech. That's like one of my games of all time. So fun. If you like tactics, look for that. I, I, I always say that I do, but lately I haven't been playing many. <laughs> Have you played Battle Pack 2018? No, I haven't. I played a couple of Fire Emblem games, and I think that's like, uh, uh, you know, I played the Mario Rabbids games. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't played a ton of tactic games in the past few years, now that I think about it. I, it's a series that is very fun, and I will lose hours and hours and hours to for that whole genre. I will sit down at 5 p.m. and look up and be like, that's three. I got to get off of here. <laughs> But what else are you looking forward to playing? Yeah, um, Kingdom Hearts 4 will one day come out. That's a game that may come out, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, They've showed more of it than I expected. And, you know, I have a I have a Wayfinder tattoo here on my arm. Like, Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts means the world to me. And so I am, I am very excited. And again, another character action 3D platformer. It is like, I am so excited to see what silly little worlds that 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 anime boy goes to with the duck and the dog. I'd say at this point, uh, Kingdom Hearts is probably the most mentioned show that we most mentioned game that we haven't covered on the show. <laughs> I open palms slammed every one of those games in college. I didn't even play them when I was a kid, but like mm-hmm. my my wife's brother was really into them, and then I hung out with him and watched a little bit of Kingdom Hearts one, and I was like, well, I'm gonna make this part of my personality. <laughs> Just, no, yeah. When I finished college, uh, 
one of my best friends and I, we were like, you know, trading games with each other mm-hmm. in terms of like, well, I played this game growing up. Now you play this game that I played growing up. Like we took turns doing that. And one day I just came over and it's like, it's called Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> let me, let me destroy your life real quick because this, is, this shit fucked me up too much. As a kid. <laughs> and we did it. We played, we played everything. I played uh, Birth by Sleep for the first time with him because I yes. had like the 1.5 and 2.5 collection on the PlayStation 3. We grinded through that. I ruined this man's life. <laughs> <laughs> shut him down like i think there's just something about hearing the word Kyrie so many times it activates like an, it's like a manchurian mm-hmm. candidate frame <laughs> can wake up kingdom hearts 4 a game that will probably come out what else what else you got on that list oh that that is that is the majority of my list that is okay. mainly what i have as i'm as i'm ready for lamplighter i'm ready for a tactics game i'm ready to learn more about sonic and my friends but i mm-hmm. want to see sora and those and those little buddies that's really those are my hyper focuses at the moment and otherwise i just sit with my arms crossed waiting for summer's games summer games fest to see what new indie games i will become obsessed with for sure uh right there with you so you talked about sonic frontiers uh this is a sonic themed episode and this is the first time we're covering a sonic video game on the show uh, this is a massive franchise that has mm-hmm. started with the release of the first game, Sonic the Hedgehog, on the Sonic Genesis on June 23rd, 1991, a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> <laughs> it did irreparable damage to the world. There is the there is the hydrogen bomb, your you know, Oppenheimer <laughs> in theaters July. There's Kingdom Hearts, and then on top of all of that, in terms of ruined lives, Sonic the goddamn hedgehog. This blue piece of shit. Uh, Sonic is a multimedia icon with five American animated TV shows, an OVA, an anime series, a live action film franchise, an upcoming TV miniseries based off that film franchise, multiple comic book publications, including Archie Comics, Fleetway Publications, and an ongoing IDW publishing run. We're not going to talk about the comics. We're not. We don't have time. That's its own <laughs> podcast series. Just if you just talk about the publication history of this, not even like the stuff that happens in the actual fucking issues. You don't want to talk about my best friend, Tangle the Lemur and Whisper the Wolf. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think, again, like the, the, the word penders would alone would probably just like activate somebody's Manchurian kill switch. <laughs> It's like it's like you say that out loud three times, like a lawsuit comes in your desk. <laughs> it's like you can't write about the echidnas, and I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> Who are? Where are you? <laughs> like he, the guy just goes to a museum and I said, "That said, echidna. I'm suing. <laughs> I, I am out of here. Get this. Get this animal out of this zoo." Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we're not talking about the comics, uh, but we're going to run right right past that one. Point is, mm-hmm. highly popular franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you describe your relationship with this Sonic the Goddamn Hedgehog? <laughs> I am I am the one sicko in the world who is a 3D Sonic game fan, and that mm-hmm. is my primary interaction with the series. I'm not a big 2D platformer person, <laughs> and okay. so the 2D Sonic games, which traditionally everyone is like, this is where the good stuff is, is not for me. Mm-hmm. Sonic Adventure 2, then Sonic Adventure DX, <laughs> director's cut, then then straight to uh, straight straight to Sonic Heroes and and then uh, Sonic Unleashed, Sonic Forces, Sonic Frontiers. All right. That is that is my pathing, and those games mean the world to me. <laughs> okay. Because 
it is, and like and it's a thing this 2 2d ones don't do right the 2d ones yes they're important because of like the the leaps they take in the special style of momentum based platforming they do i just watched a uh a daniel floyd video on it uh, about like the animation of sonic games and they talk about how there's the uh like the the momentum of how sonic moves and the animation styling is like truly beautiful and it's a really good video but um and i get that i totally do i don't care <laughs> for the 2d ones i they don't talk in that i don't get to hear my guys say that's no good <laughs> like <laughs> I want to hear my silly little friends communicate. And sure. yeah, and so like this is a a game series that I played a lot of, dropped out of like top of brain care for for a very long time. And then like the Sonic movie came out. And I was like, I'm going to go see that. I like James Marsden. I like Ben Schwartz. Like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. go. I love Jim Carrey. Then I sat down, I watched that. I came home and I immediately downloaded Sonic Adventure 2 again on my computer and played it. For, like I played it every year since then, just constantly rebooting it back up. Like it's time to go back into the back into the in back into the arc. <laughs> sure. Really quickly, was Sonic Adventure was Sonic the last movie you saw in theaters before the pandemic happened? Because yes. it was a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a dangerously close chance it could have been Cats, but it was Sonic. And there was a bus stop at the end of my block in Chicago that had like a slowly fading poster for Sonic over the entire pandemic, like getting more and more sun bleached by the day. And then mm-hmm. like they took it down. At, after like you know 2021 it was like sonic has fallen <laughs> i need to move and we did <laughs> it was coincidental like the last time we're going to our apartment to grab stuff i'm like they took it down it's go- it's gone it's a coming to america 2 poster now where's sonic yeah <laughs> bring me back my boy he, he went through covid with me oh uh, no bummer <laughs> he got a COVID <laughs> sonic the hedgehog died <laughs> covid got him man <laughs> It took, it took our heroes, man. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Damn it all. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I know Tom Hanks is still alive, but Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks, who's not dead. <laughs> that was like when I was like, oh shit, this is serious. <laughs> yeah. This is an this is truly an uh-oh moment. At the like midway through that the uh midway through 2020, me and my friend Ty, we had planned to do a charity stream and then we just pivoted it to it's still a charity stream, but it was a we did a Ty and Riley play 3D Sonic games for like all day. And we raised money to just be like, hey, have, you need more. Like, here, here's a hundred bucks. Here's a hundred bucks. We can't do a lot, but I can, I can hand out a hundred dollars to people. Yeah. Like we raised money to disperse it through playing Sonic. And that's how we went through Sonic Forces. The Sonic Mutual Trust Fund. <laughs> exactly. Sonic will pay. You don't see Mario out there supporting people. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking fake blue collar asshole. <laughs> I'm a you know, plumber. He makes $600 million a year. <laughs> he is a. Tra- he got that business from his parents. You're the highest grossing film of all time. I don't see you in the streets anymore, man. <laughs> is he the highest grossing film of all time? Has he beaten Avatar? No, I mean, like, in 2023 so far, he is, I think, the highest grossing film. <sighs> That makes me happy. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie yet, if you can believe it. I also I have a, haven't. I have I a have video a f- game themed podcast. I wanted to see the movie. I just haven't been able to. I've seen several movies in the theater since, but like everybody I knew went to see that movie on opening weekend when I mm-hmm. couldn't. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, well, I'm not going to go alone. <laughs> who am I supposed to be like? That's Mario, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to look over to the eight year old in the seat next to me and be like, did you know that's Mario? 
Am I just supposed to like look to a stranger in the eye and say they're doing the Super Mario 64 leitmotif? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the significance of what's happening on the screen right now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to, uh, as a person who's again made his fame talking about adaptations on the internet, I, I should have to see that eventually, <laughs> if not voluntarily, and then against my will. Um, <laughs> it'll, it'll happen. You know, I, I'll, 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 I'll report back when I see it. Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> lockdown right now. <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm watching esoteric 60s French New Wave films and playing Tears of the Kingdom at the moment. I don't know Let's if it's a Mario time go. right now. guys. Absolutely. I put my Tears of the Kingdom all in French because I don't like the voice acting. And so really? I just turned the voiceovers to French because I was like, French is a language that I understand enough that I can hear and I recognize it as French. But I also think it's very funny to hear Ganon speaking in French to me. Link. <laughs> it is. It's very much every time the blood moon rises, Zelda is like is speaking in French. And I did it on stream and someone was like, hey, hold on. That's not highly. That's not. English. Is that French, dude? <laughs> Uh, you say uh, Manaza Twiforce. <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, but back to our relationship with Sonic the Hedgehog, yes. uh, who died of COVID tragically. <laughs> Do God rest his soul. Before he died, I played uh, a lot of his video games. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 was my very first Sonic game. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, after that, uh, after that Sega lost the war, they very shamefully went to every uh, platform in the world and released a mega collection of all mm-hmm. of their games. Here's everything and, we've uh, been doing for the past little bit. <laughs> but just they're like, you know, this could have been a coffin, but instead <laughs> it's a novel. <laughs> um, this could have been an unmarked grave, but here we are just giving you the library of Alexandria. Uh, and the all Xbox. the peasants got to play. <laughs> And I got to play every 2D Sonic game on my older brother's Xbox. And uh, I enjoyed those. I played Dr. Robotnik's Bean Bean Machine. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy Sonic's 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't have Sonic CD on there. For some reason, they're just like, we have to have one. Yep. But you don't get that one. You don't get that one. But I got to play <laughs> Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> That one was good for public consumption. That yeah. one they looked at, they were like, the people need to see what we've been I got doing. got to play Sonic Spinball and Sonic mm. 3D Blast. Those were great. You know, I got to play those, but like, <laughs> there's just a few of them where we're like, we don't want you to have those. We don't want you to see Knuckles Chaotix. We don't want you to look him in the eye. You don't no. get to know who Espio is. Yeah. Which is weird because Sonic Heroes was coming out, right? Mm-hmm. A game starring Metal Sonic from Sonic CD had a team of the Knuckles Chaotix characters, neither of those games were on Sonic Mega Collection Plus, which, I shit you not, had a trailer for Sonic Heroes and all of those characters in it. Let's <laughs> you know some of these children. You don't know these ones. It's fine. It's like, oh yeah, this is why you went out of the console business. <laughs> because you don't run a very good company. You're not very good at release order. Anyway, we're not gonna. We're not here to. We're not here to piss on a grave. We're here to. We're here to memorialize us. <laughs> memorialize um, this hedgehog who meant the world to all of us. Uh, I don't love every single one of the 3D Sonic games, but I do love some of them. I love Sonic Colors. I love Sonic Generations. Um, what were some other ones that I've played? I didn't play the Storybook series. I didn't play 
you know, Forces, mm-hmm. uh, Lost World. I had a Wii U and I didn't play Sonic Lost World. That that tells you anything. <laughs> that's, that's that's heartbreaking to hear, but I understand. You don't care about Zavoke. That's fine. The storybook series is an insane thing when you think about it. Of like, Sonic has invaded a public domain story. What? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when you turn it on and you're like, oh yeah, Knuckles is Gawain from the Green Knight. You know, Dev Patel. That's mm-hmm. Knuckles. <laughs> He's also Sinbad <laughs> if he plays Sonic at the Secret Rings. Yes. <laughs> they they should have done Sonic and the Sonic and the and the and the Blood Keep and have Dracula. Like just give me Eggman Dracula and go through that whole thing. Sonic is Jonathan Harker. <laughs> No, like fucking Tails is Jonathan Harker with like Dracula Shadow the Hedgehog or something. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm a fool. Just an eight-year-old real estate agent coming up to I had some paprika today and it really did a number on me. You're just sitting there like, why ha- why am I just reading bank notes for half of this fucking game? <laughs> I don't know. And then here's the thing: they did a Sonic Werehog, Werewolf, whatever fucking mm-hmm. video game. They could have, they could have done a Vampire one. That game is fun. I played that on Xbox, and it doesn't run like garbage because it's on an Xbox One instead of a Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And it, it it ain't bad, I'll tell you that. I played worse. Um, I mean, that's very funny video game where the moon fucking explodes and you gotta put it back together. The sorry, Earth fucking blows up. Yeah. Yeah, it just cracks in half. It yeah. just cracks wide open. Sonic's like, man, I got to fix this one. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> what do I do about that? Do I have to put Italy back? <laughs> Spagonia, please. <laughs> you know, they they work with the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually reminding me. I'm standing up from my desk and walking over here. Okay. I have on vinyl. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 dual disc soundtrack. It rules. Is this an official release or a bootleg? This is an official release. This came out on uh, on on what what is that website that is that does like all the drops of cool vinyls and cool like niche game merch. I can't think of it. Limited run games. That's it. It's literally okay. called limited run games. Oh, yeah, like the Mondo of video games. Rest yes. Piece Mondo. <laughs> and it just has like all the themes on it. So I'm looking at like I, I could put it on like, dang, do I really I want to take a second to hear live and learn. Let me put on track seven side A. Mm-hmm. Just like bringing somebody home. They're like, can you show me your record collection? Can you put something on? I go right past the Miles Davis <laughs> grab crush 40 Sonic Adventure 2 <laughs> and flip it to side three and then <laughs> flip it to side on. three and you hear throw it all away. The theme of Shadow the Hedgehog. God, the fucking uh... <laughs> yeah, this is, okay. Anyway, move it on. Uh, no, you know Sonic is a is a land of contrast. Some good games, some not good games. Uh, what would you consider your like? Uh, you said you know, is there a video game in the Sonic franchise that you have played but just do not like at all? This is people are gonna be mad at me for this one. It's okay. either. Sonic Mania or Sonic Colors. Okay. <laughs> because they don't have the character interactions I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I The thing I love about Sonic is even when it is doing too much and is absurd in the way that we just talked about the earth cracking open and Sonic going, I can fix that. Like <laughs> it says it with its whole heart. It says it with its whole chest and it believes it and it does it in a similar way to Kingdom Hearts. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't care that Donald and Goofy are there. Yeah, it's silly, but like I'm emotionally involved. 
Sonic Colors has some cutscenes, but it doesn't have enough connective tissue for me. And Sonic Mania is it's a 2D platformer. It's very good from what I understand. Yeah. I tried to play it. I was like, it's not doing it for me. Just ain't doing it. Well, I mean, you know, you, you've qualified earlier that you're not a 2D platformer person. So anybody who would be mad at you over that is actually mad at you for something you said 20 years, 20 minutes exactly. ago. So it's fine. Uh, I am currently looking at my Sonic Mania statue that was given to me as a gift. And I'm not mad at you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm fine. I, I'm, li- <laughs> I'm fine. Sonic. I'm totally normal. I'm the world's most normal Sonic fan. <laughs> I have no thoughts about Sonic's beat. I have no... <laughs> I have no problem if people do not like this franchise. I casually enjoy it. There are games I like and there are games I don't like. I also have a Lego set in the same exact room from Sonic the Hedgehog. So, And I'm I'm the kind of sick in the head where I'm like, I played Sonic 06 and I actually really enjoy it. That mm-hmm. being said, I did emulate it onto my computer because I don't want to play it. I'm playing the Project 06 remake where the guy's remaking it all in Unreal Engine. And uh, it runs, actually. It's a game that runs correctly now. And I like that story because I like Silver. And, and I played the Shadow the Hedgehog game. I do like that, too, because it's a character-based game. You like the melodrama of Sonic. You I, like it when things are just heightened Kingdom Hearts bullshit. I, I like it when the characters that I like, the characters I do genuinely, like, understand their dynamics interact which is why like the murder of sonic the hedgehog their april fool's game was literally like well cool they made like the they made one of my favorite sonic games because it's just the characters shooting the like shooting the shit and hanging out together and being silly and fun and it's shadow the hedgehog asks for coffee and just eats the beans with a spoon that's funny that's that's humorous to me yeah what about the the non uh, video game media? What do you enjoy from uh from that side of Sonic? I do like the movies. I genuinely like the movies. Uh, the uh like I think they are they are good for a children's interpretation of Sonic. And whatever gets people into the things that I like are like cool. I don't I don't care how you get here as lo- like as long as we're all in here going like hey this is dope. That's all that matters to me. Plus I like James Marsden. He's Cyclops. The Sonic Boom cartoon is also very funny because it's one mm-hmm. of those like. It's basically a Sonic Seinfeld where there's no plot. It's just like these five people who are kind of a turd all hang out together <laughs> and then go harass a, a, a man on an island who has two shitty little robot kids. It's always sunny on Mobius. <laughs> it really is. That's kind of the vibe because like the guy who I think it's Roger Craig Smith who voices Sonic it plays is. him as like as just like a as like a jock who is the most annoying person you know, but also has a heart of gold. So he will be there to help you at the end of the day. He's like, I don't really want to today. I do. We have to. I got something to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun. Um, also, I do read the IDW comics, and those are legitimate, actual bangers in a way that like everything else here I've said so far today should be hedged in like the I am talking about a Sonic game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like I get excited when talking about Sonic, and so I will extrapolate. I think the IDW Sonic comics are genuinely good because they're well written. The art is gorgeous, and it is just characters interacting. There is a highly controversial arc. I think it's like the fourth arc in the IDW Sonic comics, where there is a metal virus. Eggman crafts a virus that will turn people into badniks. Right? Will turn them into robots, and he lets it loose. And then Sonic, for the next 30 episodes, 30 issues, has a zombie saga. 
where like people are turning like people are like no i haven't there's there's you know them in in a base like everyone's together and there's like a random and like a sheep who's like no i'm not bitten i'm fine i can go in i i, I have, don't have the virus on me and they have it and then it's chaos everyone's running around and charmy the bee goes back for somebody but he gets metal virus and vector has to put it lock him in a car and walk away (laughs) (laughs) it's like so absurd but then you're reading it and it's just like i don't know that's a thing that sonic has taught me over time i guess right is like it doesn't matter how absurd a thing is as long as like emotional beats hit and that prepped me for kingdom hearts it's prepped me for a lot of the things i like sure sure dude as long as long as i care like that's all like that's all that matters maybe i should read some of these comics damn I, I, you, your local library with the Hoopla app, you can download and read them. <laughs> there you go. So my relationship with like Sonic is very much like my relationship with the Fast and Furious franchise, wherein like number one, Fast, but also to <laughs> number like, two, a lot of these are great. A lot of these are, bad. <laughs> you know, kind of like no, no, not this one, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you 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 respect it because of the heart and the, mm-hmm. the the sentiment and the characters and the relationships and the dynamics mm-hmm. and like the melodrama. And the goofiness is part of the, the core appeal. And every once in a while, you get a fast five safe chase. <laughs> yeah, you get, your, you get your fast fives, but then sometimes you just get like a, you know, I guess Shadow the Hedgehogs, Hobbs and Shaw. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we are in a world. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't put Shadow the Hedgehog that low in my estimation. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic 06 is the Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like some people like Tokyo Drift. I'm not going to I'm not going to give me give my live rankings for that one. But <laughs> I like Han. I like Han a lot. So if Han's in a scene, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> you are right. You're you're correct to say it. <laughs> yeah. Fast and Furious, Song of the Hedgehog, two of a kind to me. I did not like Fast X, unfortunately, because I thought it was going to be a sequel to Fast Five and it was a sequel to Fast Eight, which isn't one of the good ones. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to go see it eventually. No, I'm, here's the I, thing. I'm going to see every single one every single time it comes into the theaters, unless they do another Hobbs and Shaw. I'm not seeing another one of those, but I will see <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw in a Fast and Furious movie. But yeah, look, you seem like you know your Sonic stuff. You, you've read the comics. You've seen the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love the games. I have a little quiz before for you before we get oh, into shit. the game proper today. All I'm right. going to test your knowledge and all things Sonic the Hedgehog in my new segment, Lore or Lie. Oh my god. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm going to read some statements about the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, and you have to guess if it's actual lore or if I made it the fuck up. The rules to keep things simple for you as well as me. <laughs> I'm only drawing from information conveyed in the video games or in the manuals therein. Okay. We're not going to talk about how Sonic has a harem in the the Archie comics. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about Sally Acorn. We're not going to talk about how live-action Dr. Robotnik committed war crimes in Afghanistan. <laughs> so for you listeners out there... <laughs> this is canon. He committed war crimes in I Afghanistan. I know. I've seen it. <laughs> I know. But for the eight of you who haven't seen the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, that, that is a line in the film. <laughs> Um, for you listeners, if this, if something I say is a lie, ends up being true in one of the offshoot, unofficial pieces of media in Sonic, I guess none of it's truly canon because everything's contradictory. But mm-hmm. if it's not in the games and if it's true somewhere else, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the grand prize for you, Riley, is nothing. This is just for fun. Uh, you ready? I, I was I was born. My I've opened my heart. I was born ready. All right, let's get started here. I have 10 questions. Uh, I have 10 statements, I should say. It is so many. <laughs> let's go. 
The Master Emerald is a green emerald that can counteract the power of the Chaos Emeralds. This emerald contains the spirit of a 3,000-year-old Echidna. Is this a lore or a lie? <laughs> How technical do you want to go? That's... I believe it is lore. However... <laughs> It was at some point lore, yes. <laughs> yes, it was at some point lore. However, in Sonic Frontiers, it also it resonates with the power of the Chaos Emeralds. <laughs> but it does have the, it does have to call in there. Yeah, she's locked up in the box. <laughs> yeah, this is true, and it is the plot of Sonic Adventure. The Master Emerald had the spirits of Chaos into call when it was shat and when it was shattered. Eggman uses chaos to achieve his world domination and to call spirit guides the heroes to neutralize chaos to call just one of those people that's always in like extended media never really appears in the games again because <laughs> um, yeah, that's still when Ken Penders is around right and so like I, she can be an echidna at that point and then like all echidnas are sworn off mm -hmm. she vanishes into the mist yeah uh, question number two tails holds two doctorate degrees one in physics and another in engineering is this lore or a lie He's 10 years old. He doesn't have a doctorate. No, he does not have any doctorate degrees at all. I made that one up. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Question number three. The only time Sonic has been kissed in the video games is by a human woman. Yeah, that's, that's Princess Elise. Yeah. Princess Elise III in a 2006 Sonic the Hedgehog video game. Very few people defend this. End of sentence. <laughs> I, I will not out myself here on the field. <laughs> Anyway, um, Big the Cat's pet Froggy has the appearance of a simple frog, but is actually a sort of eldritch-like god named Orgalorg, who was turned into a frog so he could never cause harm again. I don't think that one's true. Unless that's a Lost Worlds thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I got it from something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Question five. Dr. Eggman has an IQ of 300 and considers himself a romanticist, feminist, and a gentleman. I do think Dr. Eggman considers himself a feminist because I can hear that voice go going, I may be evil, but... <laughs> Is it so you go with Laura? Is that I'm going with Laura on that one. You are correct. Let's go! Here is an excerpt from his character bio in the Sonic Heroes manual. Dr. Eggman, age unknown. As his name implies, Dr. Eggman is a doctor that looks like an egg, as well as having an unfeasibly high IQ of 300. Eggman is a romanticist, a feminist, and a self-professed gentleman. Sadly, his charms are often difficult to spot through the abominable laughter that accompanies his maniacal declarations of world domination. Let's go. You can't have a bad guy like Eggman. You are not Dr. Robotnik, and you won't be. <laughs> Get you a man that can do both. I'm going to blow up the moon and then the patriarchy. <laughs> exactly. That's what the arc was going to aim at next. First, the White House, and then he was going to start targeting men's rights activists from a satellite from space. Speaking of the president, question number six. The president has a framed photograph of Sonic and Shadow on his desk. It is an altered photograph. It is close to the picture of the two of them that was originally taken in one of the earlier Sonic games, but it is not the exact one. He has photoshopped that image on his desk. <laughs> but is it lore or is it a lore? It is lore. It is lore. <laughs> it is true. In Shadow the Hedgehog, you see the president looking at a framed photo of Sonic the Shad and Shadow standing in front of the White House, which is like Shadow is after... 
uh, Sonic Heroes in yes. Sonic Adventure 2. So at what point was that photograph taken? Uh, <laughs> Sonic was just like, hey, could you... Uh... <laughs> you mind hanging out right here? Sure. You want to storm the White House? <laughs> the insane thing at that point is I think that Shadow the Hedgehog is an android or a clone at that point because i believe that is in heroes is that he runs up and finds like they made a bunch of you the real you died falling back to earth at the end of sonic adventure 2. i tried to like get more like lore or lies strictly with shadow the hedgehog and it gave me a headache because i didn't know what was true or wasn't because a lot of it is just like you think it's this but it's actually this (laughs) and it's like i can't we're not doing lies. We're not doing lies. Sonic, that you know, Shadow the Hedgehog has the DNA of an alien, of uh, a human girl, and of a bio lizard, and no hedgehog DNA. Is that yeah. true or fake? Yeah, let's 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 address my other Shadow the Hedgehog question here. Shadow the Hedgehog is the result of a deal Gerald Robotnik made with the devil, and the ultimate life form himself was created with the blood of the devil. Is this lore or a lie? He's made with the blood of Black Doom, an alien, not the devil, unless you watch Snap Cube's real-time Shadow Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you are absolutely correct. Trick question. It was not the blood of the devil. It was just the blood of a guy who looks like the devil, acts like the devil, and has devil ends to his deeds. I hate that I've gotten most of these right. It feels awful. I don't think you've gotten any of them wrong. So <laughs> I'm gonna take a shower. Yeah. Uh the black doom who lives on the black comet and that's what the arc was originally built to destroy <laughs> it was gerald robotnik is he good or is he insane who's to say who's to um, say he was shot to death by a government firing squad on the moon <laughs> every every single one of my lores or lies do not even touch the insanity of the actual lore because i don't again it gave me a headache <laughs> question number 8 knuckles is the only living echidna in sonic's world I think that is true. I think he's the last of his kind. You just got your first one wrong. No. Okay, this is not true. In Sonic Chronicles, the Dark Brotherhood on the Nintendo DS, an RPG developed by BioWare. Yes. uh, (laughs) Shade the Echidna escapes the Twilight Cage with Sonic at the end of the game. Uh, Yes, the game ends on a cliffhanger that was never resolved. Mm -hmm. And Shade the Echidna never appeared in another video game ever again. But let the record show, Shade the Echidna escapes the Twilight Cage with Sonic at the end of the game. Oh, I, I, I sometimes I think the comics might have forgotten that because I think I saw a thing with with Knuckles talking about as the last of my kind, I have to defend the Master Emerald. So maybe he doesn't know, man. Well, like this goes back to the Penders thing where like this is one specific thing. Uh, the Dark Brotherhood was something that he put a lawsuit about because it was a very Echidna based storyline. <laughs> I told I said we weren't going to talk about the comics, but multiple times it has organically come up that the echidnas are a law, <laughs> like a lawsuit problem. Exactly. If we mention them too much, he will shoot us. Uh, question nine. Uh, a Sonic game features audio from a Malcolm X speech. That feels that feels like one of those things that is unfortunately correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's not unfortunately correct. It's just correct. The final boss theme, and again, another Nintendo DS game, Sonic Rush. I've played both of these DS games, by the way. Sonic Rush, Mm -hmm. released on the Nintendo DS in 2005, uses audio from Malcolm X's message to the grassroots. In the speech, Malcolm X says, It's just like when you got some coffee that's too black, which means it's too strong. 
What you do, you integrate it with cream. You make it weak. If you pour too much cream in, you won't even know you ever had coffee. It used to be hot, it becomes cool. It used to be strong, it becomes weak. It used to wake you up, now it'll put you to sleep. The sample used in the game Sonic Rush interpolates the phrase too black, too strong. And the interpolated phrase appears in the beginning of the song Bring the Noise by Public Enemy. And considering the game's composer, uh, Hideki Naganuma, who was also the composer for Jet Set Radio, clearly a fan of Public Enemy because he uses Public Enemy samples in Jet Set Radio. I think he just pulled a sample from Bring the Noise, not knowing it was Malcolm X. But Malcolm X is in a Sonic video game, yes. (laughs) That's wild! See, I could teach somebody who knows a lot more about Sonic otherwise. (laughs) I love this stupid series, dude. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, Malcolm X is canon in Sonic the Hedgehog. And good, we need him. (laughs) (laughs) Final question. In Sonic Adventure 2, Shadow the Hedgehog pissed on Dr. Eggman's fucking wife. That's right. He took his fucking quilly dick out and he pissed on his fucking wife. And he said that his dick was this big. And Dr. Eggman said, that's disgusting. (laughs) No, that was true, Hoss. That was 100% accurate. Uh, This was from uh, Snapcube's real-time fandom of Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, Not canon, but it... (laughs) But it is funny. But it's funny. (laughs) I have my my little Shadow the Hedgehog here on my desk to give me power during this interview. (laughs) And I looked down (laughs) to him and he said it was true. He said it was true. Well, it came straight from the source and he said his dick was this big. (laughs) This big. Good shit. Um, This concludes my first ever edition of Lore or Lie. Riley, thank you for being an incredible sport and also a guinea pig. It's time to talk about the game you picked, which is a game that has made a very strong impression on our generation, a game that has impacted countless people who played it for better or worse. And it was a game that impacted its franchise for years to come, once again, for better or worse. (laughs) (laughs) I am, of course, talking about Sonic Adventure 2. Play, Live, and Learn by Crush40. Sonic Adventure 2 is the very first Sonic the Hedgehog game we've covered on the show, and the second game we've covered that was originally released on the Sega Dreamcast after Jet Set Radio. Sonic Adventure 2 was developed by Sonic Team USA and published by Sega. The game was directed by Takashi Izuka, who served as the game's lead designer as well. Izuka was also director on other Sonic games such as Sonic Adventure, Sonic Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog, and has been the head of Sonic Team since 2008. The game's story was written by Shiro Mikawa. I apologize for if I pronounce this name wrong. Jun Sinoe. Jun, Jun, Jun Sinoe served as the lead composer and sound director of this game. He's also the songwriter for the band Crush 40, a rock band that has contributed music to multiple Sonic games and performs this game's main theme, Live and Learn. Fumi Kumataki, Kenshi Takoi, and Tomoya Otani also work on the game's music and lyrics. 
the game's producer was Yuji Naka, the co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, who was arrested twice in 2022 for insider trading. This isn't really relevant to the discussion. I just think it's really funny to say that the co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog was arrested for insider trading twice within the same year. Simply fascinating. <laughs> Simply <Yeah>. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. First Balan Wonderworld, and then that. <laughs> um, that's three crimes. <laughs> Strike three. You're out, Yuji. Bye, dude. As for the plot of Sonic Adventure 2, strap the fuck in because it's all over the place. Uh, Dr. Robotnik, known by his enemies as Dr. Eggman, and I guess also referring to himself as Dr. Eggman now that I've gone back and watched these cutscenes, uh, discovers the existence of a secret weapon known as the Ultimate Life Form from all the diaries of his grandfather, Dr. Gerald Robotnik. Uh, he infiltrates a top-secret facility owned and operated by the Guardian Units of Nations, also known as Gun. That is a very stupid name, Guardian Units of Nations. That does not read well, but they <laughs> so really needed. Bad. They really needed to get to Gun, huh? They just they 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 they're like they I, I think eventually does it become Guardians of the United Nations at some point because that I feel like flows better. <laughs> I think that they didn't want to like have like a paramilitary UN. I think that might have been something like. <laughs> Like, I didn't think they want to, like, implicate the UN in Sonic Lore. The president, <laughs> he's fine. He's on board. Yeah. But... The revived life form, a black hedgehog named Shadow, <laughs> chooses to aid Eggman in collecting the Chaos Emeralds and gives him the location of Gerald Robotnik's space colony, the Ark, vowing to get revenge on Gun and the world for taking the life of Maria, Gerald grand Gerald's granddaughter and Shadow's closest friend. 50 years ago i just said closest friend because going into what maria may be to shadow is too much meanwhile sonic the hedgehog is being pursued by gun and the police who believe him to be the escape life form wreaking havoc on the world shenanigans and early 2000s pop punk ensue yes as for the gameplay sonic adventure 2's storyline is split between two modes hero and dark uh not villains we'll come back to that each with three playable characters, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles in hero mode, and Shadow, Eggman, and Rouge in dark mode. Uh, Sonic and Shadow stages have fast-paced platforming levels you have to get through as quickly as possible, doing ramp stunts and rail grinds along the way. Uh, Tails and Eggman, you operate a mech with multi-directional shooting, working to rack up as many Kai combos as possible uh, throughout the stage. And as Knuckles and Rouge, you hunt for treasure, mostly pieces of the Shattered, shattered Master Emerald, in open stages using their radars to hone in on their locations. Both Knuckles and Rouge are able to glide, dig, and punch and kick their way around. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, the version you played, was released in North America in 2002. Other games released in 2002 include Burnout 2, Point of Impact, uh, Eternal Darkness, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Kingdom Hearts, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Zero, Super Mario Sunshine, Time Splitters 2, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, and a game we previously covered on the show, Metroid Prime. Pretty impressive selection of games based on your taste. What <laughs> and, a time uh, to be 16. <laughs> right? 2001 and 2002 are just like, are these the best games of years of all time? <laughs> I say 16, I guess by that math, what a time to be 10 <laughs> like 10 yeah, or I was, 9 2002 i turned six so <laughs> here we go normally i say like did you play any of these but i think you played both of these do you want to give like you want to I mean, yeah I, I i didn't play uh you said like uh yeah I, did you say perfect dark or uh eternal darkness resident evil zero mm -hmm. time splitters 2 i'm not a horror game person so i didn't okay. play resident evil or or uh or or a uh, perfect dark i didn't play uh 
time splitters because I was on GameCube. I was on GameCube and I was playing those games at this time. I had I had fallen fully into that. But like some of those other games were just <laughs> like that is my rotation sitting there after school, three o'clock, walk to my grandma's house, sit down upstairs and either be player two or get there before my cousin and be player one. <laughs> <laughs> I it's not to say like they don't make them like they used to, but God damn, they used to make them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I played when I was growing up and I grew up at a great time. It's so funny how like the world was best when I was a kid and it's the worst now that I'm an adult. Yeah, weird how that happens. But back when I had unlimited free time, it fucking ruled. <laughs> What's 9-11? <laughs> <laughs> Powering through that one. <laughs> what ultimately made you decide on Sonic Adventure 2 colon battle? Sonic Adventure 2 colon battle is it is my comfort game. I truly always come back to it and think about it because I don't know if they they've tried try as they might. They have not reached these heights again because it is a genuinely very fun game. It believes in what it is doing with its whole heart. And even when it's messy and it's cheesy, it is still like the best of what Sonic can be which is the characters that you know, the characters that you love, getting into the most absurd shenanigans in the world. Also, a thing we haven't mentioned this entire time, and you left out of the gameplay options of it, as the Chow Garden, which it creates a thing that you spend your entire time doing. Because after you beat the game, you're like, you know what I need to do? Is I need to raise some of these little blue dudes. <laughs> I just got to go do that. I got to hang out with this little guy. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. yeah, I didn't forget. I just will get to it. But yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't forget. I know you didn't forget. <laughs> I truly don't know if they'll ever reach these heights again. There's a reason they call for Sonic Adventure 3 all the time. And that's because it's a vain call because they've given you that in other forms. But Sonic Adventure 2 is just special. And it is a game I'll constantly go through. Yeah, two things from 2001 I'll never forget. 9-11 and the Chow Garden. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> the ch Hold on. Wait a sec. Let me get my cork board. <laughs> <laughs> How dark was that Chow? Oh. <laughs> the Chow. He had, too, he had too many chaos drives. Oh, God. Anyway, um, let's go back in time a little bit. Back to uh, 2001 on the Dreamcast, 2002 on the GameCube. Do you remember when you first encountered Sonic Adventure 2 colon battle? I, this is a very funny interaction because I, I remember renting the, like my parents are still together in this memory. So I'm upstairs at my house as a child playing a GameCube in their bedroom. Cause they had the TV and they were watching TV downstairs. We had rented this game from a family video. And then over the course of the next two months, I proceeded to hide the game from them racking up enough late fees that we could we could not go back to that family video because mm -hmm. i did not want to take them back great memory <laughs> it's it's i played that game non-stop and i remember because it was so hard i like a, a family member gave me the strategy guide for it even though i didn't own the game actually and i'm just sitting down there hitting my head against the bio lizard fight at the in the in the finale of that game just mm -hmm. over and over and over again. It's like, it's super late. Nine o'clock on a school night. <laughs> and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it. I finally make it through. It is, it is one of these things that like holds in my memory of just every little CRT TV I've played that game on through my life. It's hard to say. It's obviously like nostalgia. 
when I look back at something and I say, well, it was perfect. It's amazing. Like it captures your brain so well because anything you do at that age will capture your brain if it clicks correctly. Right. But I think even playing it recently, it has an energy to it. I can't deny when they are both holding a Chaos Emerald and going super sonic and super shadow and the music starts playing over. That's what I like about anime, man. Like It's cool, melodramatic bullshit. You can't you can't deny that. It, mm-hmm, it goes. Mm-hmm. It rules. You got the butt rock playing. You got you got a character arc. You got shadow as functionally Vegeta. It, mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Where's that tweet that says like if like oh nuance character writing who gives a shit look at this and it's a picture of goku going super saiyan for the first time it's like yeah 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 <laughs> really fun game one for the ages one that has done irreparable damage to our generation <laughs> but <laughs> an important and significant work of our generation nonetheless but before we talk about what it means to you and me and our broken ass generation, we got to talk about how people can access such a hip- an important mm-hmm. historical work, which is going to bring us to our next segment, No Country for Old Games. In this segment, we talk about the availability of video games. Uh, this is a passion that means quite a bit to me because games become obsolete at a much faster rate than other forms of media for the most part. I mean, this whole Zaslav HBO thing has proven me wrong. Sometimes, a, you know, a, a TV show can't just fucking disappear. But, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the internet archive may go down. Anyway, video games... Uh, have this other barrier where their consoles become obsolete as new technology emerges and some video games get left behind if their publishers do not put in the work to maintain them. And there are other reasons for this. Sometimes licensing is an issue, but for the most part, publishers can just do a better job at this. So we are going to rate the availability of Sonic Adventure 2 colon battle and Sonic Adventure 2 in general on a scale of A to ARG. And ARG obviously represents how frustrating it is to be able to buy this game and how it isn't available uh, and it is no way me advocating for piracy piracy is what knuckles the sinbad does <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to be like knuckles yeah i do want to be like knuckles so. he's got a tv show now <laughs> yeah i mean how many tv shows do i have <laughs> the the dreamcast version of sonic adventure 2 was released in june of 2001 this was three months after sega officially discontinued the dreamcast and transitioned to third-party software development uh, we didn't talk about the failure of the Sega Dreamcast too much in the Jet Set Radio episode, but to make a long, long, complicated story short, it was a good console full of great ideas that was totally kneecapped by awful management and leadership on Sega's part. The, the Dreamcast is really fucking cool. I never owned one, but it was really fucking cool. Had a really, you know, for what little was released on it, a, a strong library as well, and a lot of cool ideas and concepts that would be incorporated in other consoles down the line. Now... The console, the Dreamcast, sold just 9.13 million units in its lifespan of just over two years. Sonic Adventure 2 would be the last Sonic game ever released on a Sega console. R.I.P. the Dreamcast. But in fucking comes the GameCube version known as Sonic Adventure 2 colon battle. Uh, This was released in Japan uh, at the end of 2001, the same year it was released on the Dreamcast and then the rest of the world in 2002. Uh, This is the version most people played. This would make this the fourth GameCube game I've covered on the show. We talk a lot about how the GameCube wasn't very successful already. 
But the point is, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle differs from the original in many ways, both big and small, and I'm not going to get into it on here. We already spent <laughs> too much time talking about what was or wasn't Sonic lore. <laughs> if you are genuinely curious about the, the major and minor differences of this game, please look it up. But the long and short of it is that the GameCube version features more detailed graphics and greater draw distance, uh, but the lighting is different due to the removal mm-hmm. of certain shaders that were present in the Dreamcast version. Almost every single Big the Cat cameo is removed, and he's no longer playable in the multiplayer version of the game. Uh, this is Big the Cat erasure. It will not stand. Speaking of the multiplayer, uh, battle comes from the fact that the GameCube version features a more robust multiplayer game uh, feature than the original, minus Big the Cat. The GameCube version also makes several additions to the Chow Garden, including uh, visible stats and the inclusion of a Chow Karate minigame baby fights yes. uh, the originals yes. versions interactivity with the dreamcast internet's capability have been replaced with game boy advance connectivity instead with the ability to transfer your child's to the tiny child garden in the game boy advance sonic games sonic advance one and two and sonic pinball party i enjoy the sonic advance games people check those out if you can obviously they're not available but if you, you know what the internet can do anything is possible a physical version of sonic adventure 2 has not been purchasable since the release of the gamecube version but an HD version of Sonic Adventure 2 was released on the PlayStation Network, Xbox Live Arcade, and Steam in 2012. All three of these versions are still purchasable to this day, uh, while the PlayStation 3 has a different online store from the PlayStation 4 and 5 and isn't backwards compatible. You can actually still purchase games on the PlayStation 3 store and download this game if you, for some reason, listen to this podcast and only have access to a PlayStation 3. (laughs) Um, Surely one of you exists. I see... I don't know. (laughs) Godspeed, you crazy diamond. (laughs) Go on. Go out there. Uh, The Xbox 360 version is backwards compatible on the Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. So you would have no problem playing this game on the Xbox. And the Steam version, of course, is still available to purchase as well. Uh, You can purchase the base version of the digital HD Sonic Adventure 2 for no more than $9.99. And the battle version is sold as DLC for an additional $2.99. So relatively affordable. These games, especially on Steam, go on sale pretty often, usually as part of a Sega or Dreamcast or a complete Sonic bundle. So wishlist it uh, if you are curious about this game and wish to play it in the future. From a preservation angle, I do appreciate that you can play either the base or battle version of this game. I don't know how well implemented it is in practice because I didn't actually get to play the HD version ahead of this episode. Uh, but I at least like the idea behind it. Um, it looks pretty good. I was able to okay. download it, play it pretty easily, and and it, it runs well. I didn't run into any major issues. I played it with controller, and I think that's the only catch is it requires you to have a USB controller. Uh, the mouse the and best. keyboard <laughs> doesn't. You should not be playing Sonic on a mouse and keyboard. You don't need Wazda for that. Yeah, um, no, um, it, it's already kind of janky enough using it with like the full joystick. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a controller, guys. Overall, uh, I can't rate this game an A, even though it is available to purchase, but it's only digital, not physical. And I do think it's digital availability could be a lot better. Again, it's on the PlayStation 3, but not the PlayStation 4 or 5, etc. It would be perfectly at home on the Switch. Definitely worth porting there. But I'm not going to give it an arc because, again, you can purchase it. You can boot up your Xbox right now and download the thing, damn thing. You can play it on your computer. And that's better than most games that were released in 2001 and 2002. You can buy this game somewhere, at least. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like Sunshine, which is a which was a limited time only remake or remaster mm-hmm. that existed for like three months, and then they're like, never mind. Yeah, no, fuck you for wanting the game. <laughs> Eat shit, idiots! I yeah. Can't. Nintendo, who still have a living console and the ability to just put GameCube games on it whenever, just said, nah, not 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 anymore. I guess you can still truly say that Sega do what Nintendo don't. Ah, well, we'll see when they put Sonic Adventure 2 on the on the Switch. Then we can <laughs> yes, say <you're> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish this game was easier to access, but it is at least accessible in some way, shape, or form. More people should be able to play this game. I love it for all of its 2001-2002 sensibilities. The Dreamcast version of Sonic Adventure 2 currently holds an 89 out of 100 on the review aggregation website Metacritic, and the GameCube version a 73 out of 100. That's fair. Sonic Adventure 2 sold around half a million copies on the Dreamcast, and Sonic Adventure 2 Battle sold over 1.7 million units on the GameCube, making it the best-selling third-party game on the system, and also the 14th overall best-selling game on the console, which is tremendous in the sense where it's like the first 13 are all goddamn Nintendo games, Mm -hmm. and on number 14, Sonic's debut on a third-party console. There we go. Listen. Hey, hey, that may like that is number 14 is in, that is so high up, but I like I'm trying to like then list what are GameCube games that would be listed above that. It's like uh, yeah. a couple of I think like one of the Pikmin games, it's higher than that. I think it's higher than Resident Evil 4. It's it's higher than some shit. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's nuts. Yeah, right. There's some games I really like on the GameCube that it's higher than in terms of sales, but we're not here to reduce the legacy of Sonic Adventure 2 colon battle to a series of review scores and sales numbers. We're here to talk about what it means to somebody who played it, so let's get into it, Riley. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the best idea for a podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making, a Pokemon Bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the Pokemon video game franchise, put them in a bracket together and find out which one the best one is. Starmie gives me like organic, free-range, gluten-free, like fidget spinner energy. Swallow can swallow a tire hole in one gulp. Ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands. (laughs) I don't like Weird Ear's face. It's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. <laughs> I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Champs in the Making, a Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or first at patreon.com slash moonshot network. What do you like about Sonic Adventure 2 that you wish more video games in general would do? One of the things about this game that I think is is not seen in modern games, because there's a lot that this does that has now been iterated on. Right. Or like has been taken and moved forward with. I think that this game has the courage to actually have and use an ensemble cast. And you are going to play like all six of these people throughout the time. And this is something that even Sonic games don't do anymore. You're like, oh, you're just Sonic. It's all that matters. I, I have trouble thinking of other character driven games that allow you to embody different characters of the cast in this way. Because in this, you have the light, you have the dark, and then you get the, the final story at the end. And you're playing, you get to play everybody. And that is so unique to this game and Adventure 1 before it. And then further, while I'm talking about the final story, it ends up being this amazing finale when you beat the hero and the dark side because it comes up and 
you then get a level of each character all working together to reach a final goal. It knows how to, for all of its shortcomings in the story logistics or like any sorts of sense or cohesion, it does have a amazing ramp up right there at the end. And I think a lot of games could do something to look at how it approaches its finale and how it approaches like, hey, we're here, we're here to we're here to 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 bang the drum as we approach the end here and it has the courage to do it. Other some games don't got that courage. Yeah, no, I mean, one thing I will say uh, in terms of like ramp up and uh, leading to that finale, like how many other video games do you know has a trailer for its own like endings yes! <laughs> in there? Like it has this like Evangelion style like trailer for the final episode of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, which is it's again included on the disc. All you got to do is just press start and then go to press last. Mm-hmm. But it's got this really wild like Kingdom Hearts ass Evangelion ass like voiceovers overlapping one another. Sonic Adventure 2 Last Episode Wishes Are Eternal Picture being nine and in the dark and you're like I beat the game I did what's happening and it's like death and betrayal the words flashing on the screen you're just like oh my god (laughs) zelda doesn't do this yeah it's so weird it's so fucking weird (laughs) but Mm -hmm. and also weirdly hilarious because like it will have like all these like melodramatic lines then you'll Mm -hmm. hear like tails like say something super ridiculous (laughs) like yes tails voice it's it's fucking awesome it's great it's like it's it's like imagine like if like they like played like a trailer for like those Kingdom Hearts things and it's like the guys playing chess or whatever and in the middle of that like all these like lines appear over them and one of them's just like gorsh Zeta <laughs> Flare <laughs> Like you bringing up that makes me remember like my favorite part from the finale of this game as like sad music is playing over everyone staring at the space station. It's Robotnik standing next to Tails and Robotnik is like I wonder if Gerald was a good man. Or what the nature is of being good. Did he ever know he fell? And Tails is like, All I care about is that we made it through together. (laughs) (laughs) Tails, that man's grieving. (laughs) You need to give him some space. I'm eight years old. (laughs) I don't know what emotion is. What do you mean Gerald Robotnik was killed by a firing squad? I miss my wife, Tails. <laughs> I miss her a lot. I'll be back. Yeah, I'm sorry that you don't really have, like, emotional intelligence kid who operates a tank. <laughs> yeah. How many Gerald Robotniks have you killed on your rampage? <laughs> How many of those cars had people in them? <laughs> Tails must be held accountable. <laughs> we gotta put Tails before the military tribunal. <laughs> Only if you can catch him. You think Sonic is going to let you take Tails in? You can't try me as an adult. (laughs) He's going to juvie for life. (laughs) Uh, God, let's let's do an episode on the war crimes depicted in uh, the the Sonic series. (laughs) Does Tails break the Geneva Convention? Probably, yeah. let's 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 move forward things that this game does that i wish more games would do uh it's uh, you know 
Um, one thing I got to say before I get back into the jokes about this game's like kind of like rebellious mm-hmm. streak where you're attacking cops and shit the entire time. <laughs> I do genuinely think that this game has one of the all-time great opening levels in a video game. Yeah. Uh, in the form of City Escape. If you start with Hero Mode, the immediacy with which this game starts from like that opening cutscene, we know that Sonic the Hedgehog has been <laughs> arrested by the military. Yes. They're basically like, we got, we got, we got him. And then they're like, Sonic the Hedgehog shit. is in custody. The Hedgehog, is, <laughs> what? he's, he's broken free. He's huh, no in-flight food or movies. I'm out of here. That's Bam! basically pitch perfect. I don't need to put the audio over that. You did it. That song that plays, which is the, the, it's called the, it's, it doesn't matter, which is the theme of Sonic. It's like this ska punk. I, people talk about the music of Sonic all the time. But there is something to be said about the tone setting of it, literally, of like the horns hitting and like coming in on like a pick slide. Sonic kicks out the door, is holding onto a thing. He's taken out four military individuals on a helicopter. And you're like, this is the most metal thing I've seen in my entire life as a child. Rated E for everybody. Sonic has taken out the military in the opening seconds of the game, mm-hmm. jumps out, rips a helicopter wing off, slides down. The, the ska punk song transitions into a pop punk song called Escape from the City. And you are using that helicopter wing to skate downhill through a San Francisco-ass city, boosting your speed doing skateboarding tricks off of jump ramps before transitioning into a platforming stage where you are attacking robots with your homing attack jump and grinding on rails to build up momentum and keep your speed going. It is an immediately thrilling start that is boosted by this cheesy yet incredible soundscape, these really just bright, vibrant, colorful visuals, And it's broken up in like the perfect three act structure as a level, because after you do all of that, like running and grinding after doing the skateboarding thing, you end up in a chase sequence where Gun has gotten the biggest big rig in the world to chase you down, causing millions upon millions in property damage to unsuccessfully run over a hedgehog that got away from them. This is the first level of the game. It's one of the best opening levels in any video game. And it is the best level in the game. I think I can say that. I agree with you. And when you fully think about like, I don't know, I'm trying to put this in context of the time, right? Of Mm -hmm. like, wow, I've booted up my 3D platformer. I've just finished playing Super Mario 64. Time to see what my good friend Sonic the Hedgehog is doing. Oh, it's a fully voiced like game with music and a rock song is playing in the background. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is so to say ahead of its time feels foolish but like it is so sw- it is swinging so hard in a different direction that i think makes it shine so much brighter even for all of its messiness yeah i i do enjoy it like it is a messy game and we'll go into like what this game does that falls short both in a contemporary sense and in 20 years in retrospect mm-hmm. but no this game does have very high highs it's got you know, wonderful presentation. Visually, I love this this style and this era of 3D games. And it's great. And going back to your point about the ensemble nature of the game, where you are playing as six different characters total, three different play styles, and two separated storylines that ultimately converge into the last episode sequence where you are playing as everybody to perform the same task. It's not only great because 
we don't get really enough of those in ensemble, but just like the alone, like getting one side's perspective and then having to play the other side's perspective. Now you get that in a few games like Fire Emblem Three Houses or uh, to an extent, The Last of Us Part Two, but you don't really get much of that in video games anymore. Mm. And I think that Sonic just does that really well. And it also makes a point of like calling these characters dark rather than villainous mm-hmm. because what you learn at the very end of the game is like these ostensibly bad looking dudes mm. that you play as aren't villains per se. Rouge is complicated. I mean, like the fact that she's a government agent is probably more of a red flag than being a you know bona fide <laughs> thief. <laughs> but <laughs> somebody who would listen to this episode for the first time and sees me like making like insurrection jokes and like <laughs> jokes about like federal agents. I'm not a libertarian. <laughs> I need to emphasize I'm not on the right. I'm not a right winger. Sonic Sonic in this game goes, cops are never never around when you need them. Just get out of here. <laughs> and fucking runs. Like, so yeah. it's, it... <laughs> Sheesh. There always seems to be a lot of police around when you don't need them. Yeah, no. Sonic is very anti-cop. But... Um, no, Rouge isn't really a bad person. Uh, Shadow is just a person who has to realize that revenge isn't the answer and that he needs to fight for people instead of against them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Eggman still blew up the fucking moon. He's not yeah. a good person. <laughs> he's still like, he still sucks, but he doesn't want the world to be destroyed unless he does it. He's very much of like a, huh, this is bad. I'm not going to learn anything from it, but uh, I'm more of like a King DDD evil than like, you know, fucking Final yeah. Fantasy Final Boss evil. So we're going to, yeah. we should probably fix this shit, huh? I stumbled into a thing too much and now I'm thinking about my grandpa and cousin. Anyway, let's stop this big bio lizard. Is it my cousin too? Hmm. The Robotnik family tree, I think Shadow is Eggman's brother. Technically, I think Maria. No, no, no. Maria is his sister. Shadow is his cousin. Like, I think Maria is his cousin. Maria is his cousin. Shadow is yeah. his. Shadow is Maria's sister. If we're looking at this with the browsing, Maria, who has a debilitating nerve disease, and that's why she lives on the moon because the and it's going to it's it's fatal, and that's why Project Shadow was made to <laughs> to look up the research of eternal life to help save Maria. Hmm. I fuck me yeah. up. It's 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 insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, real quickly, what is your opinion on Sonic the Hedgehog, as, Shadow the Hedgehog as a character? The boy has been stuck in a in a character development hell for a very long time because you get this growth with him where he is working with what is then Team Dark, which is Rouge, Rouge, Shadow, and Omega, the the uh, Rogue Eggman robot. You get this; they are a team together and. Shadow is gruff and Shadow learns that he might not even be real. Like, I think he's very good. And then they like stopped him from being able to grow for many years because they're like, I need my Vegeta character. But they don't like realize that Vegeta has been growing recently in the comics. We're getting actually like, hey, this is the guy who has pathos and emotions. And yeah, yeah, he he's used a real gun to shoot the president. That is true. <laughs> he is edgy. I I do get it. but. I, I think out of all the characters that are that were made to be edgy versions of the main thing, there's a reason that he's still around. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, and we can be reductionist about this, 
but it is true. Shadow the Hedgehog is what we would describe as a Venom. Yes. For all the good and the bad. Like, Venom is great in theory. And I think Shadow the Hedgehog probably ends up being better than Venom in execution for a lot of reasons. I don't Take give a fuck. Take that soundbite. Take that soundbite. <laughs> Who the fuck is Null? Like, I don't know what they're doing over there in Marvel. <laughs> I don't care about Eddie Brock anymore. I don't care about Flash Thompson Venom. But like, just a general idea of like, let's take a character who is a black version of the main character, right? Mm-hmm. It's not really a Wario. It's more just like a... Let's in inverse our main guy. Let's see yeah. what the 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 dark shadow of him would be. Mm-hmm. It's very much like let's draw a picture. Oh, now let's make it a character. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know whatever you know like it's Todd McFarlane Venom. You know like that's all well and good. It's a good. It's a great design. But mm-hmm. you know then you like you have to like go into the narrative of Venom and it's just kind of like all right let's make this needlessly complicated to feed the out the edge of it all. Mm-hmm. And Shadow does end up falling into that trap sometimes, but then there are like, you know, I do like the arc of Shadow the Hedgehog in like a broad sense. I do like the idea of his like stuff going on from Sonic Heroes Mm -hmm. and then like the general like acceptance of who he is Mm -hmm. in Shadow the Hedgehog. Everything (laughs) before this is who I am to like him like cocking a shotgun at the beginning of this game. Not really for me, but I just like I can't blame you for that. (laughs) (laughs) But. You know, I love I love looking at Shadow the Hedgehog. I love his little hover boots. I love yes. that he has some level of pathos to him. It's interesting that this character who was like perfectly primed up to be like, let's give at least one character some sort of like dynamic ability to change mm-hmm. in this franchise. And then like giving up on that after like 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm just like saying like, look at the alternative where it's Venom, where it could just be inscrutable bullshit. <laughs> yeah and like i guess i because i was thinking about this recently about all the different inversions of characters that we do see like Ven- venom is a immediately good draw you get you do get things where it's like you know to put a fine point on it goku black is an inversion of goku like literally like it like possessed by a i don't know how into dragon ball you are <laughs> oh i love dragon ball i have like a billion like a. Uh figures sonic of uh, uh, dragon yeah. ball z characters like out to my right here yeah hell yeah then yeah then you get it like you 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 get the like like the like the goku black being the an inversion of goku that is just like i have all the power and i hate like mm-hmm. that is you know that ends up being interesting but not interesting enough for long enough it doesn't endure you you bring up venom venom's a great a great draw there because yeah, he gets needlessly complicated and they have to continue to try to reinvent him and you get like anti-venom and you get carnage and you get null and stuff like that. And for all these characters that have inversions, none of them get to stay the same because they feel like they have to keep changing it. And Shadow mm-hmm. gets to truly no, we nailed it. We did it. He's Shadow the Hedgehog. Like that's really all you need to know. We'll invent other hedgehogs that are all like Silver's here now. That's just trunks. basically (laughs) (laughs) he's come back from the future to fix what's gone wrong like sure dude Iblis trigger I get it but Shadow's simple he gets he he does it and he endures and I think that you can't say that about a lot of other inversion designs for sure I mean the other thing about this particular tone that uh, Sonic gets to take in the you know early 2000s it's like we're taking like the basic iconography of Sonic the Hedgehog and really 
doing it up, making it super anime-y, actually like giving this a tone, and it's very of its time and mm-hmm. does get away from that tone over time after Sonic 06 doesn't really do well. And I think maybe the last time they really try and do dark things at all is maybe um, Sonic Unleashed, at least in the games. Mm-hmm. But like, it's really the really thing that really works about this game is like it is 2001, 2002. If you play it on the GameCube, Dragon Ball Z is airing on a yeah. tsunami. You're seeing like buff guys go Super Saiyan. You're seeing hedgehogs go Super Saiyan. <laughs> You're seeing like fucking vegeta venom kind of hedgehog like hovering around being the coolest guy in the room like this stuff is primed for the the dragon ball generation like this is the most you had to be there video game yes (laughs) ever made this is attitude era wwe this is dragon ball z on tv this is (laughs) this is the end of ska punk the the height of butt rock (laughs) 9-11 happened last year it is chaos the, the the creed like halftime show performance it's it's all there your your brain is being turned to mush and in front of it you get live and learn and you're like well this is who i am for the rest of my life now yeah <laughs> it's 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 a great game it's a great game like it doesn't yeah. we have barely talked about the gameplay but the tone I think it holds just, up genuinely yeah, parts of it do yeah um, I do think I, I enjoy playing the game most of the time. <laughs> so <laughs> what more can you ask for? <laughs> yeah. What, like, what more can you ask for of a Sonic game? Genuinely? Like, I know we're going to get into it. I, mm-hmm. I, and, and, but like this and this game's faults are, are many. <laughs> and some of it can be like saying, Oh, it was doing a lot with the technology that it had at its time. Right. But like, it's it's still kind of controls like shit and and like you will glitch through walls you will get like a soft locked and the voice acting lines do overlap one another you're gonna hear a lot of like sonic falling into an endless abyss going or uh tails like falling into a ring going like sonic barely made it <laughs> you got a fucking e because you took nine minutes to get to the finish line because of that goddamn bullshit egypt level <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, it, yeah yeah I, I remember as a kid like when when you watch like the i found you you fake hedgehog like like that stuff like the lines are like shadow and sonic are starting lines in the middle of each other's lines because they didn't like retime the cut scene and like <laughs> That is a problem with games that are localized and voice acted. Kingdom Hearts has that all over the place. <laughs> like, I found you, Faker. Faker? I think you're the fake hedgehog around here. You're comparing yourself to me? Huh? You're not even good enough to be I'll my I'll make you fake. eat those words. Yeah, everyone's reading a line in a different booth at a different time, and they're all connected together by string. And so it does sound like shit but it's it, it it's it's evocative <laughs> it mm-hmm. gets the people going it's very funny that kingdom hearts is like the opposite issue where like mm-hmm. there's like a five minute pause between lines it feels like well, who's directing these voice lines <laughs> it's still better than uh like the sonic the hedgehog sonic adventure 2 like lines starting on top of other lines mm-hmm. on top of other lines but we'll get we'll get to the sound mixing in a minute i have notes i have notes as a, as a, as a guy <laughs> who's little, gotten into editing <laughs> my list of criticisms are here for you you gotta understand in the 90s you took what you could get with english dubbing um <laughs> yeah yeah this yeah. is this is still not at the very bottom tier this isn't like mega man 
you know, uh, when they started doing cutscene shit. <laughs> but where is Dr. Wiley? That's a good question. We may be able to locate another energy emission from the radar room. When we find that media, we'll find Dr. Wiley. It's still better than that. But, you know, we talk, we deal with the jank because, and you can disagree with, with me on this, you know, as a Sonic 3D enjoyer. I don't think any Sonic game since this has like motivated the player to keep replaying the levels as well as this one has through the Chow Guarded mechanic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because like you have to keep playing these levels, not only to get the emblems for the other like five rankings and to get the A rank so you can get the other emblems so you can unlock Green Hill Zone as a secret level. No, you also have to tend to your chow garden and raise your little yes. babies and your little angel babies mm. if you play with them mainly as heroes or throw them into walls mainly as heroes or like they'll become devil babies. Take them to kindergarten. They've got to race. They've got to they've got to hatch into new advanced forms. I, I need- got a lot of money riding on this baby, man. <laughs> I need- standing there and. The Chow Garden race is insane when you think about it, because you have no control. You just sit there and you watch and you hope and you can hit the A button to hit your little buzzer and you watch the stamina go down too much. And as a kid, mm-hmm. you do that three times and then you just watch and you have to sit there as your as your Chow is at the back of the pack. And he <laughs> You're playing as this thing as, you know, Dr. Eggman. You're towering over all the chows. You pick one up and wring it by the neck like you need to eat more fruit so you can have more stamina so you can win this race. I got a lot of money riding on you, Gohan. <laughs> eating this, please, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting them down. And the Eggman sound on that where it just like, <laughs> Eggman has a specific voice line where it's like, yes, yes. Yeah, they didn't dub in english that one specific line so like everything else is spoken in english but that like his petting sound where he's petting the chow is just yo and it's like oh you didn't do that one <laughs> okay i never knew that i was like oh, he's doing something it doesn't sound like the rest of it. <laughs> i'm not a clever man Yosh. the chow garden's so special i understand why they haven't put it in any of their games because it's just like it will. It is at the Half-Life 3 problem where it will never hold up to what you want it to be in your brain. Like as, a, as an adult, you look back on the Chow Garden and you're like, this was the pinnacle of games and they haven't put it back in. Why haven't they put it back in? It's like Because you don't have endless time to replay levels anymore and you're going to have to do that twice and you're going to be like, fuck this, dude, I'm not doing this. And it's going to ruin your memory of what the Chow Garden was. Here's the thing, right? These games used to have dev cycles, and now Sonic games do not have dev cycles. They have, it's time, and they're like, no, it isn't. It's like, it's time. We got to release it. (laughs) And the games always come out unfinished, and they don't have time to make a Chow Garden. And like, look, I understand that, you know, Sonic Frontiers is probably like some of the most fun people have had with like Sonic in a while. But like, imagine if they like had two more years cooking that thing. It's already very good, but you are right. Like there, there were parts in that early game that have already been like patched out as they continue to work on it, right? And like the the good parts of it still shine. Sleeping with sirens plays during boss fights. Like, what more could I want as a person? <laughs> it is a game that feels great, but yeah, if it had more time in the oven, it would be better. Or if mm-hmm. they stop making Sonic 3D action games. <laughs> 
like again like if if they just spent like let's let's maybe spend let more than two or three years developing a sonic game or give another dev team a chance to make a game mm-hmm. while we work on like the big blockbuster sonic game of the half decade then we could put in a chow garden and have more than just yep. racing and chow kid fighting <laughs> we can have uh we can really like have this really robust system because it's not just as simple as like control c control v in video games you gotta actually build these Re-bake systems it. yeah you have to make it and now like people have standards for video games and mm-hmm. now there's multiplayer you're gonna have like multiplayer <laughs> are you gonna have your kid fight some other kids <sighs> thing online <sighs> <laughs> if only street pass was still alive that's the perfect use of that the perfect use of the ds street pass is being like oh my chow kick the ass of these five people i walked by today honestly maybe that's the future of the chow garden it's just to make it an app i don't know do it i would play it like what was that cat game that people were playing a bunch in like 2016 on their phones you remember that one oh like i think yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there was a, that was like really taking the world by storm very really briefly there. I think if you just had like a Neko Atsume Chow Garden equivalent, I think that would nurse most people's demands. But I understand you want to like pick the thing up and throw it around to shadow the hedgehog. So mm-hmm. I, I get I get why you want it to be in a game. But you mentioned just there uh, the uh, like I hope like another team should be able to make a Sonic game while the main Sonic team is working on their thing. I'm hoping with the success of the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, like that was received so well. I'm hoping they allow like people to do little passion projects or do bigger shit with the with the franchise to to allow more dev time on the proper game because the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is genuinely like probably one of the funnest Sonic games in a very long time. And it's just a visual novel. But it's like well written and done with care and done with its whole heart, which is like what forces misses out on and what 06 misses out on. And like all these other things is like it, it they lose that courage that they had with this one. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the more like well received Sonic games between during that 3D era mm-hmm. are kind of like when they're having like B teams or side teams or other developers working on their handheld uh, era video games like a sonic rush and sonic rush's sequel and a sonic Mm -hmm. advance games like clearly there are people and obviously mania was a passion fan project Mm -hmm. that was officially funded and published by sega obviously there's a demand there but i think there's just kind of like this weird corporate culture where they feel like they have to keep cranking out Mm -hmm. uh, sonic games otherwise the brand loses something and it's not true because the brand is huge People who don't play video games know who Sonic the Hedgehog is. He was a 90s icon. His mm-hmm. movies do phenomenally well in the theaters. You don't mm-hmm. need to only make it a video game franchise. It can mm-hmm. be this you know, big multimedia thing. But as long as they keep treating it as a brand in mm-hmm. the sense of like we need to have more of it and not a brand as in like we need to protect the image of this thing. Nintendo for all their faults really understands like we can't just like have a Mario game every three months yeah. and have it be bad. We can afford one bad mario game every couple of years but we can't we can't have like a disaster a, a glitchy mess come out if you don't like mario yeah. party games it's not because like they're unplayable messes mm-hmm. it's and like i you were just i was li- just listening to you talk about this in regards to star wars on the battlefront episode and it is like it's this it is a very similar problem where they're just doing too much and it is hitting a point where they are no longer trying to make a good they're they were no longer trying to make a good game. They were no longer trying to like tell a good story. 
Uh, I hope with Frontiers, it looks like that game sold phenomenally. And mm-hmm. hopefully with that and the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, there's like a a come to Jesus, <laughs> a come to chaos moment where like <laughs> they're like, hey, can we recover our image here a little bit now? I do like you having to say the words out loud. Like, let's let's hope that they learn lessons from the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog because <laughs> you're absolutely right. But it's also just kind of like think about the words we're saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that was made because that's also like Goose Out of the Mania was made by a fan or is made by the social team. The social team made the the fucking murder of Sonic the Hedgehog game. If you've mm-hmm. seen the tweet that goes around of like, if I met Shadow the Hedgehog, I'd be so uncool. Shadow would say something like, "Others placed me on the path of violence, but it was my choice to follow it, and I'd pass out." Like that's who <laughs> made that game. Like, I think I have the- COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I gave Sonic COVID. I'm the one who killed him. Yeah, but no. Listen, Sonic Adventure Two is a great game and the chow garden is definitely a contributing factor to that because i want to call it stockholm syndrome but it does like make you have to like play these levels mm-hmm. over and over again until they're sort of seared into your brain and from that you also sort of like get an appreciation for the good parts of the level design like the more vertical radical highway where you're realizing like oh i can go higher on this and mm-hmm. get a better time if i just like go to the very top and grind down and skip this entire middle section or i could just like go through the middle or I could just really waste a lot of time going on the lower end of this. It's not really as exploratory as like a, a classic Sonic game mm-hmm. was, or even like the first adventure game was in terms of its level design. But it does like really have you thinking about like how quickly can I go through these levels to get like a better ranking, to get the the third Chow box, to uh, find the secret Chow in the other case, or get the fastest yeah, to 100 yeah. rings thing possible. It makes you look at it in different ways, other than just how can I get here the fastest? Because it has like the 100 ring challenge and that secret Chow and like the find the three boxes and that makes you then like yeah you're exactly right you sit in those levels and you have to study them from every angle and it it just works because i do know every single turn of city escape i have that like oh on that lights on that uh on the sonic arc level if you're racing down the side like this you can jump off the rail and fall so far just right to Mm -hmm. land on one of the rails at the end of the level (laughs) Like, those are burned into my brain. Like, thinking I was so smart for thinking as a kid, like, I can make that as a shortcut, not knowing the devs put that there to make it a challenge. Like, come and take it. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. And that's good design. Yeah. And then there's, like, alternatively, like, I don't care for, like, the tubes from, like, Shadow's equivalent stage for his last stage because they they feel, like, very unpredictable and momentum killing. But I do love Mm -hmm. the grinding of that final Sonic stage. It's, like, a perfect, like, final level mm-hmm. gauntlet for sonic i love sonic stages in this game uh, except for the egypt one but we'll we'll talk about the the, the fundamental flaws of this game in a moment <laughs> before we jump into uh that though do you have any other like praise you want to heap on this game before we uh you know give it some notes until <laughs> <laughs> we start taking rings um i i mentioned it in passing but the finale of this game is is truly magical I believe more games should have but should have like the theme of your game playing over a awesome ending. Like have the confidence to just go, you want flashing lights and colors, I'll give it to you. Fight in space mm-hmm. over the planet and fall down through the atmosphere. Sayonara, Shadow the Hedgehog. Like it's game's got a lot of courage. And I just wish I wish more things had it. I I, I can't say it enough. 
the anime nature of Sonic Adventure 2 really is like it's 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 great strength. It really lets you like see past like some of the more frustrating mm-hmm. parts of it. Like the last levels like are very frustrating to play and like especially when you're a kid and it's like this goddamn section I can't I have to do this and like you have to start from the beginning every time you get a game over. It's so mm-hmm. defeating. But then like you finally like see Sonic goes supersonic and you like go ape shit and then yeah. Shadow becomes supersonic and he's kind of like has like this gold shine silver sheen to him and it's like oh my god because he's a robot kind of and it's like live oh, and learn hits and you go electric it it, it, it it is like an Eddie Guerrero match it is like the hypest promo you've ever seen in your life and you're like I, I am changed this has changed the chemistry of my brain mm-hmm you have to you have to just like the stakes can't be higher this lizard is going to crash into the goddamn earth and destroy everything and everyone that you've ever played as in this game has to stop it it's yeah it's a great yeah. time fucking rules yeah But this is a show where we also have to kill our darlings a little bit. And by our own admission, this is a game that has some fundamental flaws. <laughs> what are some things you wish this game did better? While I do think the messiness has now become part of its charm for me, I wish the voice acting was at all natural and not the most stilted thing in the world. The Master Emerald contains special powers that neutralize the energy of the Chaos Emerald. That makes it very powerful. What the? What? Look who's calling who at me. I came here following the signal from the Emerald. If I'm not mistaken, this is the Master Emerald. Is it not? Dr. Eggman. So that's Dr. Eggman. Well, I guess I can use it for something. I'll just take it with me. Farewell, knucklehead. Not if I can help it. Ah! I've downloaded mods to play this game so it makes sense to play like as far as like control wise because the camera in this game is so it's from before we really knew what we were doing isn't it and so you're often like I can't see where the camera's gotten stuck on a on a box a mile behind and you just see sh- like Sonic disappear into the horizon line no! every one of those mech sections is a nightmare Searching mm-hmm. for the knuck for the emeralds in in Knuckles game is a nightmare. Like when it's like Rouge versus Knuckles or like Shadow versus Sonic, it's not really fun <laughs> to do those ones that much. Yeah, you're in like such a contained area, mm-hmm. and like there's no perspective, and like this thing just like you can't focus. There's no lock on mechanic or anything. Mm-hmm. Like that. You just sort of like shit. You're farting into the wind, and this thing is just <laughs> coming out of nowhere and like just beating the shit out of you it's it's you do a homing attack and you go in a different direction just off the edge and watch yourself Mm -hmm. careen no no (laughs) it's not the best yeah the camera is definitely the biggest enemy of this game and like sometimes you'll just be part of a scripted sequence like the an elevator going down something in the mech sequences which is always the slowest part because they're so pace killing but then like for some reason the camera just isn't right and you're just sort of like stuck stuck in that position 
or uh, the camera will mess up during like a pivotal platforming section. We have to do a bunch of stuff really quickly. And then the mm-hmm. next thing you know, like you're looking in the jungle and all you're seeing is like this grass texture and Sonic going. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Also, while we're talking about those mech sections, the sound design in those are a nightmare. Like it is a cacophony to play like the Tails or Eggman sections because like it's hold B for lock on, let go of B to let shoot the missiles. And the entire time it's doing this high pitched like and you click it again and it's just like this high pitched scream the entire time you're playing those levels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's no volume sliders at this game This is before we did that. No, you have to stick with that the entire time. And the only time in the game where you're discouraged to stop holding down that button is like when you're in space mm-hmm. and like pressing that button, it will accidentally, you know, trigger a bomb that will send you into the vacuum of space. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, like there's not really a reason to stop holding down that laser that causes the most like dog whistly sound in the world. It's so high pitch. I, I, I after I had played it after watching like I think Sonic Two after like my most recent full playthrough of it, I was playing it in the room and I had my headphones on and my wife was like, "What the hell is that? Like, what are you doing over there? What is that noise that I have to hear?" <laughs> like, yeah, and sorry. the sound mixing in this game isn't great either, right? No, no. We talked about the overlapping dubbing issue where characters will start their lines before another line's finished. And God forbid you're in a room where more than two people are talking and then there's like the president and Dr. Eggman on a screen and Sonic and Tails all yapping at each other and their lines are all <laughs> happening at the same time and you're having a headache because the voice acting isn't great either. Oh. So it's just really like bad line reads all happening on top of one another. <laughs> and it's super annoying. But on top of that, the sound actual mixing where the volume of the music is at least as loud as the yes. dialogue, if not louder. <laughs> so you're hearing Sonic's theme play, and you can barely hear what the motherfucker is saying. <laughs> what the? Sonic! Yeah, right. What the heck's going on here? Don't oh, worry, no. Mr. President. What you under control. Just leave it to us. Mr. President, we're receiving an incoming signal from our agent. Just blaring like the the racetrack level, I think, is a is a example of how bad this all sounds like the sonic cacophony that it all is, because it is just like tails seem blaring tails going. We have to reach the president. The car going <laughs> honking horns like tails. Are you there yet? Like fucking like so many different noises happening all at once. And it's just like I'm going to. Go sit down somewhere. I'll be back mm-hmm. later. I can't do this right now. If you do ever re-release this game, Sonic Team, put some sliders in there. I really need you to like let me lower the volume of the music. I'm begging you. Or the lower the volume of the sound effects. Something, man. A Sonic Adventure 2 remake would destroy me. Mm-hmm. I would spend the rest of my life thinking about it. <laughs> I think that's the kind of thing where it's like, this would... <laughs> this would do some numbers, but what what cost at what human cost? Right. Like there's a remaster of Sonic Colors that came out recently that just like became a launch disaster. And that was mm-hmm. a game that was, you know, more or less functional. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know if there's like a the space where Sega 
mm-hmm. and the people involved in like porting or remaking or remastering a, a Sonic game would be able. I think they just create a different problem rather than like yeah. fix the the previous problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good game would be somewhere in the middle of the two. Yeah, I mean, we have the City Escape levels of a uh, Sonic Generations. I think that's the remake that I want, and that's it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I can't take that from you. Like, there are also just like some poor level design choices. Like we talked about, like you know, sometimes they're just some pace killing moments in like the mech levels where you have to just stand in an elevator and you can't mm-hmm. control the speed at which you go. Mm-hmm. But there's also like I hate aquatic mines, you know. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's such a bad level, aquatic mines with knuckles. Yeah. Like I can handle most of the other levels. Like I understand people complain like, oh, why does why doesn't the radar for all three emeralds go off at the same time? And it's mm-hmm. like because then the levels would be over in like 30 seconds. Because that was the yep. problem in Sonic Adventure One that you would find yep. all of the emeralds in like a minute because these yep. levels weren't built as knuckle stages. They were built as Sonic stages, and you're just going around them as knuckles, and then yep. the radars are going off, and you grab them here you know like the levels become like too massive by the end with knuckles yes. and you're just like spending a lot of time on that asteroid just yeah you're in space going a huge distance vertically up and down trying to find something and like it's kind of why like watching speed runs of this game is wild because the the knuckles stuff is just rng and you don't know if you're gonna get fucked or not a couple years ago they did a speed run race where two people are speed running at the same time and you hit the knuckles stage and it's just like okay one person got him like one two three got it the other one's like fuck it's on the other side of the map okay here we go like i'm slowed down now this sucks Mm -hmm. because everything is like so like button precise but the second any randomness is introduced in these levels that are pretty janky Mm -hmm. i love i love the game but it is a it's not the most functional in a lot of places and those knuckles levels are just so so killer Mm -hmm. especially in the reason aquatic mines suck so much is like you have to change the water levels to get these things too and people complain about the water temple from ocarina of time i think that that temple is you know very good if you just like get over the quality of life problems of like having to pause into menus and change them around a bunch yeah you know when you change the water level where that water level is going to change mm-hmm. it is so annoying having to do all this vertical stuff and not really like knowing with 100 certainty what's going to happen to the water level on top of everything yeah. else it's it's nuts just pray to god mm-hmm. but no, it's, great game it, it, <laughs> yeah it, it's a great game but also like they need to figure out a better system for how they want to do a Knuckles or Rouge, a treasure hunting level. And frankly, also a Tails and Eggman level. The only thing they really know how to make well are Sonic levels. And I think that if they were to reapproach it, this is a thing where they they did something similar in Heroes, right? Where it's like the different teams have different ways they approach the, the, the gameplay. Because the Chaotix are like, you're looking for clues in each level or whatever. And that just meant the Chaotix kind of sucked to play ass <laughs> because <laughs> you don't get to play the level. You have to sneak through it. They need to figure out how these individuals play. And I know that that's not quite possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing is like, you need to design six different games. No, that's not going to happen. That's not accessible today, which is why like Hi-Fi Rush is a game I look at as like a this is a great character action game that has a has a whole group with it. Because in that, you have like your assists, basically, like a fighting game, right? Where it's like left button will bring in this guy, right button will bring in this guy. And if you did that with a Sonic game, I think you could really have something. Because then you're still interacting with everyone. Everyone is there. Everyone is involved. But you're not having to like make the one thing you do well and then kind of half-ass the other shit. Figure out 
what you do. You had all summer to think of it. Yeah. Compromises have to be made. You are creating three different styles of play. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Sonic Adventure 2, they actually are making different levels for these characters and not just recycling mm-hmm. stuff like Sonic Heroes and Sonic Adventure did. Uh, God, I, I have like war flashbacks to like the non-Sonic <laughs> levels of Sonic Heroes so bad. Like, why did we have to play as Amy? Why did we have to do that? <laughs> she has a hammer. It should be good. Like, you could make Amy well, but <laughs> nope. Yeah. I just like remember like I finally beat the game and then like the last thing comes up and it's like get the seven chaos emeralds and you have to play through it all again and I'm like mm-hmm. oh my god all right but we're not talking about Sonic Heroes today you're talking about Sonic Adventure 2 and I think they're they're very close with a lot of stuff like they're mm-hmm. very very close with how these treasure hunt stages can be uh, like it's a clear vast improvement over the tails and knuckles levels of Sonic Adventure to me I think with modern tech we could do it a lot better yep. but as it is right now a lot of it is just kind of like very little frustrating things that really just get under your skin rather as like one like rather than it being just like an outright bad idea. Yeah, there's nothing in here that I think is was was rotten from the start. There's nothing in here that I think was something they shouldn't have approached. It's just stuff that I look at and go like, I, I see what you're trying to do. I like what you were trying to do. I think you missed the mark. And like, if that's the worst thing in a game, genuinely, then we're have we're, we're in the middle of a good game. <laughs> Yeah, like I like some of the Knuckles and Tails levels. Like I like their Egypt levels more than I like Sonic's. Mm-hmm. And while we're talking about things that this game could have done better, the reason I don't like that Sonic level is because like it's the one Sonic level that de-emphasizes his gimmick of momentum and speed. Mm-hmm. You think it does, like it should emphasize that part more because like, okay, you hit the hourglass and now you have to go and get to the end of the room before time runs out. Otherwise, you have to backtrack and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, that would be a good test on its own. But then there's that part where you have to go grab a key from one side of the room and then bring it back and your speed is nerfed because you're carrying in heavy mm-hmm. objects so you can't do jump stunts. You mm-hmm. can't run too quickly. Your mobility is just janked up. Yep. And it's not fun. Yeah, it's not. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. It is one of those things that's like, I see what you were attempting here. You're, you're, you're like, you gotta keep the player on their toes. But I think there are better ways to execute yeah. on that but the, the the egypt levels for tails and knuckles i remember being really good because like knuckles is like a small not huge labyrinth and there's just a bunch of different rooms and you have to really mm-hmm. have like spatial awareness and not get lost rather than just having like this massive open space and you're being hunted and by tails, a ghost the entire time yeah and then you get to fight that ghost at the very end and then uh tails is you know you have to be very good at the hovering and get over these hazards and like the things that do slow you down aren't really slowing you down too much it's just making you aware like hey you actually have to shoot this door down instead of jumping too high over it yeah Yeah, exactly so i like those levels so i'm not saying like oh these two-thirds of the game is just rotten it's just there are like better ways to implement what these games are trying to do and especially in terms of sound design and all that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm I think we hit the big notes in terms of like what the criticism of this game are. Do you have anything else that you would want to put in there? That's really the, that's really the major stuff. Um, it, it is, it is fully like, yeah, voice acting, actual gameplay and how it <laughs> controls, which is when you say it like that, you're like, well, hold on. Did you like this game? It's like, yeah, dude. No, we love small. this game. 
again, it's definitely like a you had to be there game. I don't think mm-hmm. as many people playing it now would love it as much as they did then. Mm-hmm. Because again, we have more to compare it to and refinements have been made and people understand how cameras and video games work now. Mm-hmm. That part's good. But then there's just specific things to this game that they just don't do in games anymore, like the hero and yep. dark side and yep. uh, the chow garden that make people keep coming back to this game, even as there are technically more refined speed-based momentum-based sonic levels because like tonally this game is just doing its own thing it's not too kiddie but it is absurd yep there's just nothing that touches city escape or the harbor level for sonic in terms of all that there's no thrill as good as just seeing a line of rings floating in the air and then tapping b as sonic and just picking up those rings Mm -hmm. and going right across Mm -hmm. like it feels incredible and yeah there's jank to a lot of it but it is still like this feels like the most sonic yeah sonic has ever been yeah yeah they this is where they got it sonic has always been sassy sonic has always been like a rude dude but like this is where they fully grokked like we are going to be the man the mascot that has anime that that like is like out of an anime like we are going to take that those things that are popular right now and we're going to try to do them here and it works yeah and let me ask uh because i haven't played frontiers yet has there a Sonic and has there been another Sonic game since this one where Sonic is able to jump into the air and you press B and you can dribble him like a basketball? They haven't put like that back in. And I did download a mod for Frontiers that adds the bounce to it because I love I love the bounce bracelet. It's so fun. Here's yeah. boom, 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 and you get higher every time. Now, Sonic Frontiers has a whole combat system, like a genuine like fucking like 3d uh character action game like bayonetta style combat system and it's fascinating i genuinely enjoy it for the first time ever in a sonic game enjoy fighting sure and i'm glad that that works because goddamn is the combat not the worst part of sonic heroes but um, (laughs) again more flashbacks to knuckles using tails and sonic as boxing gloves Mm -hmm. and not having fun with it yeah yeah (laughs) Until there's another Sonic game where you're able to dribble him like a basketball, this is going to be the best one in my mind. Yeah, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong on that. Yeah. I just did it just to do it most of the time. Like I'm just there in the chow garden just dribbling myself, <laughs> hurling babies all around yeah. the room. You're, you're bouncing, and then one of the angel ones accidentally gets under you, and you see it go flying, and you're like, no! <laughs> well, you're already in heaven. Yep. I hope real-life heaven is like the chow garden. I want I, <laughs> I want someone to come in and hand me a big fruit shaped like my head and then stand over me while I eat it. <laughs> and then I have to go get in a fist fight with the other angels. I want somebody eight feet taller than me petting my head and saying Yosh while I'm being yeah. animals. <laughs> I'm a simple person, you know. I I want so little in this life. When do I get to be treated like an angel chow? <laughs> you deserve it. We both deserve it. I could I, I could bear listening to that music loop forever if I got to live like that. <laughs> I have the chow guard the chow racing music set as my dad's ringtone on my phone. Because whenever he calls, it's always some clown shit. <laughs> and so it's like every time I hear my phone goes like <laughs> 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 You've, you have the vinyl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the music is a core component of why people... There's the vinyl. Yep. The music is a core component as to why people play and enjoy this game. What is your favorite track? 
my favorite track on this. This is does sound insane to say. Um, it is that it doesn't matter. It is the, or I guess it's event. Let's make it track three on the vinyl, which is what plays over that opening cutscene. It is like the ska version of Sonic's theme. It doesn't matter. It is just that one minute twenty eight second loop of uh, that that hits as as he says, "No, no in flight food or movies. I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. It is a tight little segment. It is so good. That is where Sonic shines. Right? Is like. No matter how bad the gameplay is, no matter how much trouble it is, it does hit these little notes and has that consistency through its motifs and music that that fucking bang. Second favorite is Eggman's song where you get that. I am the Eggman. Those are good picks, solid picks. Um, God, I mean, like this thing we have to qualify. When we say the soundtrack rips, we have to, you know, understand like this is not for everybody. You can't just play this as music around people who have normal brains. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if somebody were to hear any of the lyrics to any of these songs, they'd be like, what the fuck are you playing? What is happening to me right now? I you play the Pumpkin Hill song in the right place. People understand. <laughs> Did you know that... Uh... The lead singer of Hoobastank did the music for Sonic Forces or did the theme song? No, but now I am not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's what I was like. Oh, it's perfect. I'm going to send you this picture on Discord, which is a chunk of my anime music playlist. Uh, okay. It's on my, my, my old, my little YouTube music playlist here. And there's just, <laughs> bam, Sonic music, Sonic music, Sonic music, Sonic music. And I'm opening up Discord right now. Um, God, you know, you know, Shadow the Hedgehog is listening to the reason all day and night. <laughs> I'm not a perfect life form. <laughs> I the fact that Sleeping with Sirens, an actual emo band, did two boss themes for uh, the uh, like Sonic Frontiers rules because that's like these songs do not need to go this hard but they do and then this is a thing that this is again this this says everything i need to about sonic Mm it's like nate wants to battle video game musician sure we all know him do we care about him depends he's a guy who likes sonic the hedgehog and he does Mm -hmm. the credits music for sonic frontiers and i did get genuinely emotional listening to this song that then he goes through and like pulls up reach for the star like uh reach for the stars from uh like uh sonic colors and pulls Mm -hmm. motifs from that and puts them into this new song and it's like i was like this is a beautiful series (laughs) no like here's the thing like those pools like the people who do this music for sonic frontiers having nate wants to battle the youtube Mm -hmm. singer um mr hoobastank i mean these aren't tonally like things that don't work for sonic based Mm -hmm. on like our relationship with it crush 40 is a j-rock american fusion rock sort of band that makes that kind of music Mm -hmm. we love them for it we will never play it around our partners but we love them for it (laughs) (laughs) it's it's music that is lovely legally music (laughs) it's legally music yes but in the right setting it's, it's <laughs> specifically playing a sonic game you love it 
I I do blast it in my car. I I can't when I am alone in my car. I guarantee you, I am all of me is going in there. Sometimes I'm just taking a shower and I just say to myself, "The great emerald power allows me to feel." <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of depressed. I'm like, I see my desk. I see the the carpet under me. I see the great emerald's power. (laughs) God. That's the thing. It's like for how cheesy or cringe it could ever be. It is just doing it with its whole chest. And like you have Mm -hmm. to uh, like respect that to a level. I will take that over like cynical like MCU dialogue. Mm hmm. The thing is, like, spoilers for the Sonic 2 movie for the next minute, I guess. The post credit scene for that is Shadow the Hedgehog. I scream. I, like, here's my secret. I sneak beers into theaters all the time. And I see a lot okay. of <laughs> And so, like, I'm two beers deep watching Sonic the Hedgehog in a mostly empty theater. And Shadow comes on screen. And I stand up and go, oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> I think they should get Hayden Christensen to voice Shadow. That's a slam dunk. If they did Sonic Adventure 2's plot line, beat for beat, absolutely. I think they're trying to, they're probably going to get somebody savvy, like, God love them, Keanu Reeves. I love Keanu Reeves. I will watch, I love Keanu Reeves so much. You're right, too. You're right. We're right, too. But the thing with that, like, the point I'm trying to get at here is like a Sonic movie with this cast and tone isn't going to do Sonic Adventure 2 the way we want them to do Sonic Adventure. <laughs> We're not going to have that live and learn. Like, they're probably going to play live and learn if they do that, but they're not going to do it the way that we want them to do it. It's going to be like 45 minutes of live action bits and gags with the human characters, which, you know, I'm here like for that, a little you bit. Like that, you like it. You're there. You're there. But do I not just want to see some islands explode? <laughs> do I not <laughs> want to see a giant bio lizard attached to? an asteroid hurtling towards earth and this is where it comes to make or break the sonic movies because this is it they've truly kind of paced themselves very well so far but the thing they have to do is they have to do they have to do it and believe in what they're doing they have to believe they have to have courage like sonic adventure 2 to give me the bio lizard to give me shadow the hedgehog and sonic going supersonic and super shadow i need to see it it is mm-hmm. possible, and if you believe in yourself, you could have them fight the bio lizard, making practical effects for no reason. I know the other ones are thirty are like still CGI, but give me yeah. a huge practical effect bio lizard. Yeah, huge practical effect. Like get this weird John Carpenter ass the thing bio oh. lizard, and then <laughs> everything else is like <laughs> you can put Rouge the Bat on like a stick, <laughs> like just like have that be a puppet if you need to save the money on it. And then everybody else CGI, but like get the get the bio lizard to be this weird xenomorph ass effect. Yes, you got me. Absolutely. As soon as they play a licensed Sonic song in one of the movies, I'm going to lose my mind. Like I am going to become a different person and I'm not proud of who that's going to be. (laughs) Yeah, the edits that people have already done to the first two Sonic movies where like a big moment happens and they just play live and learn instead. I mean, hey, I get it. I like I think they're probably just going to play another Uptown Funk. I, it's fine. I like that segment enough. <laughs> here is the thing. Let's 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 mm-hmm. let's be real here. If they do City Escape with an A-list music artist, I wouldn't hate it. 
I wouldn't hate I if they did that Disney thing where they're like, here's the song from the show, and here it is by an actual artist. If you get like a Silk Sonic Knuckles song, I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for it. I, I like Bruno Mars. I love Anderson. I love Anderson Pack so much. <laughs> but <laughs> Brockhampton is doing the pumpkin hill rap. <laughs> like it would oh my be, God. it would just be very cool. I I am a hundred percent here for whatever happens. Cause again. A beer and a half in, a children's movie can still bop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what the fuck is Amine doing? Like, I feel like that's a person, like a rapper that's sitting around not really knowing what to do. Put mm-hmm. him on a Sonic track. Bring there you go. Let him do the, it. The, like, people like the Kid Cudi Sonic 2's track. Like, why Why not? Just keep keep adding people who, like, are kind of, like, at like a, a, a crossroads in their life. Mm-hmm. Get them to do a movie soundtrack song Connect for Sonic them the Hedgehog. with Sonic the Hedgehog. Hi, it's me, Sonic. <laughs> And I'm here to fucking help you. Let's get you. Let's get you the bag, man. <laughs> How would you like to get three million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting together a team. <laughs> I am loving this picture now, fully forming my brain of like a Sonic movie soundtrack that also has skits on it in the way that 2006 like albums did. And so you can get the like, here are three songs, and now here's here's Kid Cudi talking to Tails, <laughs> like. Yes, fuck me up. Let's go, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, we can say it. Chance the Rapper is washed. What what would increase Chance the Rapper's stock right now? <laughs> right now. Right you, now. You stop talking about your wife and your grandma, and you need to go talk to me about Rouge the Bat. I don't care about <laughs> your family. I want to hear about the bat who hunts for the government. God, I can't even, I, I, I want it. <laughs> I'm laughing too hard. You have to decide about that one in the edit. <laughs> you have to look. No, no, I'm keep no, I'm keeping it in. I'm keeping this in the edit. I just like I'm, I'm debating whether or not I want to do a rap verse as chance the rapper do it versus the bat. <laughs> got that bat titties got me go. Ah! <laughs> it's eleven fifty at night. I cannot be laughing at that volume. <laughs> all right, all right. We got we all right. The point is, we got our Sonic the Hedgehog three movie out there. This is all stay added. What would you say the impact this game has made on your life? I think it. I think it changed the. I. I think it changed the chemistry of my brain. I think I have the, the courage region. as a storyteller to tell the things that I want to do because Sonic Adventure Two did it first. I will chase the high of this finale and all the things I create. Uh, I'm giving my wedding vows to Sonic Adventure Two right now. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. I promise to love you and cherish you. <laughs> and make it and mod the shit out of you, Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, I mean, what is Sonic all about but rings? What is Sonic all about but rings? You're you're absolutely fucking For me, right. it's almost 1 a.m. right now. So that, I mean, like, I've worked tomorrow. God damn, I'm having a great time now. <laughs> I'm delirious, but I'm having a great time. Everyone, please look back at at this previous episode to consider how Sonic has affected my brain chemistry for the worse. (laughs) No, it definitely affected my brain chemistry. But if like Avatar The Last Airbender didn't come out the time that it did, it could have been a lot worse for me. (laughs) I'm glad I like sort of like, okay, let's look at some anime. Keep like, Mm -hmm. let's 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 put more stock in this. Let me put my stats in the Dragon Ball Z a little bit more, less of the Sonic. I think like if. 
if Sonic games, like if there were like two more really good Sonic games in like over. 2005 and 2006, it would have been over for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would have been dead in the ground by now in some like really weird shit. Well, because if they if they had made two more bangers, Sonic would have gone past like, we need to fight the government. To, have you all read the Communist Manifesto? Let's work <laughs> together. Comrades. <laughs> he he would have gotten too cool. He would have gotten too cool. They would have had to kill him. Vin Diesel would have been like, I need to get a Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but look, Sonic this game, drinks the NOS. You see it in that Fast 2, like the two Fast 2 Furious, like zoom through the car, except it's the NOS going through Sonic's body. Sonic the Hedgehog and like Optimus Prime and Dominic Toretta would all be in a movie together. The BDS on like the, 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 the vehicle that Dom drives would stand for boycott, divest, sanction. Like I'm taking notes. I'm hand. taking notes. Hollywood, please. Realizing the communist dream together. <laughs> Comrades, roll out. <laughs> we're not just a collective. We're a family. <laughs> That's right, Finn. <laughs> There's like a there's like some like TikTok page where like somebody is reading like labor rights as Sonic the Hedgehog. It's it's something. I I need to hear that. I have not yeah. seen that. And now I'll I'm send you doing, some links. Please, God. <laughs> I'll send you some comrade Sonic links. All right. Uh, the point is <laughs> altered brain chemistry. Like I can say like, oh man, if two more Sonic games had come out, but look, listen to the way we've been just talking for the last hour. It's just like God. Anyway. Game good. How would you say this game has influenced your taste in specific media? <laughs> <laughs> I did not get into anime for long. I, I I was trying to fight against it for a very very long time, and Sonic the Hedgehog broke that. <laughs> Sonic opened the floodgates and turned me and, and 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 got me into the the reality of what. Here's here's actually a specific thing, a, a specific draw. Like Sonic the Hedgehog has so much in common with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is a thing I hadn't gotten into until like three years ago. And I was like, oh yeah, I know the TMNT, sure. But they're both like, what if some frat boys were saving the world? Mm -hmm. And like, that's kind of the beautiful thing about Sonic as a personality. And a thing I don't get to see in enough other heroes is like, what if this dude was genuinely unbearable, but also wanted the best for you? And I, I think that is a dynamic that is that is great. And I see that in the turtles, except there are four mm-hmm. of them. I see that in Sonic. Yeah, no, there's the turtles, Sonic the Hedgehog, and my main dude, Goku. He <laughs> is a jock at the end of the day. Goku's a jock. He's, he's, a, he's a jock. You're absolutely right. But he's lovable he has, for it. But I think the turtles and Sonic would crack 40s <laughs> in the sewer, <laughs> like down, down PBR, and be yeah. that video, like the two guys smoking in the backyard, and one hits the other with a chair. Goku well, I know once I, <laughs> I know it smells crazy in there. <laughs> you know whatever Master Splinter is growing down there is unhinged. Uh, yeah, no, it's I like I think it's because of this game, but like this is when I was playing this game, you know, pre-Avatar, Last Airbender kind of stuff. I like hero and villain team up stories. I like mm-hmm. there's a threat bigger than ourselves. Let's mm-hmm. squash beef for a minute. Obviously, that's the crux of Dragon Ball Z. Nobody really gets redeemed in Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. People just sort of like get their ass kicked so hard that they have to accept that they, they will lose forever. And it's like, I may as well join this fucking moron over here. That's, I've been watching One Piece for the first time, like, like bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. And... I thought Goku was dumb, and Goku did that to people. Luffy does that to people in an insane way. 
mm-hmm. where where he will just beat someone sh- beat someone shit in, and then they will be like, "Wow, I'm going to join your crew now." And then also mm-hmm. he does. Goku doesn't get it. I, I love Goku, obviously. I'm a Gohan person in my heart, but like, I just watched the episode of of One Piece where Luffy like shoots down the government's flag, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. someone yells, "I want to live," and it's like this rules dude like i simply i love a and like that's the thing that sonic does too is they address they they draw a connection and they they will go like hey the cops aren't your friends (laughs) sonic (laughs) will say that don't talk to the police (laughs) yeah lawyer up if you need to (laughs) sonic is rough around the edges in a genuine way and Mm -hmm. i like media that is also that and I think it has lowered my bar for what I think is un- untenable because I mm-hmm. will like I will just take it in if I have the opportunity. I will like go like I'll beat this on its level. Sure. It's fundamentally about the presentation of the thing. If you are watching something that is very sincere in its intentions, mm-hmm. I will give you an honest shot. If it isn't for me, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. What I can't stand anymore now, especially like, you know, with the whole Disney conglomerate taking over, like every mm-hmm. single thing that we love and hold dear is just kind of like the the, the kind of like half smirking sense of like it's silly that you care about this it's silly that you care about that we want to make you care about this and have sincere emotional moments but isn't it funny that his name is ant-man or stuff like that and you can't have both yeah you either have to like buy 100 in to fucking Mm ant-man or you can't have it like this is stuff that people care about and you should care about it too you got to put care into making it you got to put care into writing it even if sonic adventure 2 is a mess I would take that a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. And I, 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 I can say that unashamedly. It's like why the, the hit rate for uh, Sonic, not Sonic, <laughs> Fast and Furious works. It's like, look, sometimes <laughs> these things are bad, but the ones that are bad are just kind of like, you know, too self-aware. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the ones that are just like very like sincere in their intentions. And it's just like yeah. corrupting cops along the way while you're pulling off heists. <laughs> Those are the good ones. Like, do I think Fast 7 is good? Not really. But do I watch that final like three minutes? Do I watch like uh the fucking Wiz Khalifa and and Charlie Puth song play? And I'm like, hell yeah, dude, hell yeah, yeah, I do. That concludes our discussion on Sonic Adventure Two, a wonderful game that we both truly love. At yeah. the end of every episode, we give our recommendations, whether it's video games, TVs, movies, books, and so on, based on the game that we discuss today. Riley, since you are my guest today, would you like to go first? Yes, if if you like this game. And you want more 3D action? You need to go play Hi-Fi Rush right now. You legitimately need to go play Hi-Fi Rush. If you like uh, the character dynamics here, watch Sonic Boom because it's hilarious. It's genuinely, it's one of those kids shows that you're like, this is genuinely very funny. Um, and also play Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. If you want to see these character dynamics in a not like mainline jokey sense, the IDW comics are fantastic. And also, I'm going to tell you. The 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show and Rise of the TMNT are both very good Turtles shows. If you want the I am a rude hero, um, if you want to if you don't want to watch a show, the Netflix Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is metal as hell and animated in a beautiful way. And speaking of Sonic, Ben Schwartz is Leonardo. <laughs> yeah. Buried lead. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been meaning to watch Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles forever because it looks really good. I love the the anime mm-hmm. ass clips that keep being posted around online. Yeah, that one really that had to grow on me because it doesn't have a story connecting it for a bit, like the first chunk there, and then it figures itself out. 
and like it figures mm-hmm. out what it wants to do and like that ain't that the story of children's media yeah no like sometimes it takes a season for something to grow like uh you know adventure time kind of like doesn't show its hand for a few seasons steven universe takes like half a season before it really like gets into like its whole like plot mm-hmm. twist but like i think like that build up and the patience that it has telling those stories is preferable to like let's do a 12 episode mini that doesn't have enough time to be anything other than the main storyline yep yeah great recommendations Please check those out. Hi-Fi Rush, I need to play. It's been downloaded on my computer forever. I'm just waiting to set aside time for it. The thing that sold me on it wasn't just like, oh, the art style and like the rhythm-based mm-hmm. gameplay, uh, but you know the soundtrack on it too. They have songs like uh, from Nine Inch Nails on there. Like, the come Prodigy. On. Yeah. Even with Tears of the Kingdom sitting here, Hi-Fi Rush might still be my game of the year. <laughs> okay yeah there you go because i gotta it, i gotta check it out it's nine it's like nine hours it gets in it gets out and it swings fucking hard and it came out of nowhere i mean that's the other thing like two completely different games but mm-hmm. I, i'm sure i'll love it when i finally play it uh, i have four recommendations for our listeners today two video games two movies uh the first i've talked about that and i've done an episode on this i've talked about it a couple times in this episode jet set radio a fellow Dreamcast game, also developed, published by Sega. Gorgeous, gorgeous cel-shaded art style that still holds up to this day. Pretty reminiscent of what Hi-Fi Rush kind of looks like, mm-hmm. obviously, with like the early 2000s you know, visual style consideration to be made. Great soundtrack, some hits, some original songs, some remixed uh, samples. Uh, Dragula is in the game. Let's go. Yeah. You can get it for like... <laughs> Somewhere anywhere between one and ten dollars, depending on a big day. Please, please play Jet Set Radio. If you want to hear my more detailed thoughts on it, listen to my episode with Trevor from No Cartridge. Uh, wonderful person, wonderful game, uh, wonderful guest. It's on Xbox and Steam for those curious. More recent recommendation if you love momentum based momentum based gaming, action and platforming. Neon White was a wonderful game released last year. Uh, the story is hokey, cheesy. You can fast forward through it if you are uncomfortable or find it weird at any point. Very much welcome to fast forward through it. But visually, uh, a, a very good looking game. Kick-ass soundtrack by Machine Girl, who was a band that actually sampled music from Sonic CD in one of their most popular songs. Go. Core gameplay, incredible. Very good gameplay. It is like like it is just like what momentum shooting gameplay should feel like. If you really like Doom Eternal, especially, you are very likely to like this game. Very fast-paced levels. It's designed for speedrunning. Check it out. Two movies I'll leave you with today. Uh, Sonic is a guy who's got to go fast. Two movies do an incredible job depicting speed in motion. The first movie I recommend is the Wachowski Sisters' 2008 Speed Racer film. I find this film to be legitimately incredible um as a guy again whose most popular work is an hour-long video shitting on the live action netflix cowboy bebop tv series on netflix i can say with confidence that speed racer is an incredible live action anime adaptation it isn't a perfect film uh the kid character is really annoying uh but it is a movie that succeeds at not just the visual aspect of realizing an animated series but almost creates a new thing unto itself and creates this transformative almost avant-garde non-linear storytelling mm-hmm. work there aren't really cuts so much as like seamless transitions in between oh. moments the speed on the film itself is just completely uh like you can feel the speed you can feel the action you can feel everything happening there it is it's, it's a really incredible film and i know that like sometimes the visual style can be a little bit off-putting in moments but it is very experimental in nature it's i've never seen it but i i have heard a lot about it and so it is it is something i will check out 
it is on HBO right now, I think. Um, who knows how long? Uh, but it is uh, a little over two hours. Very well worth it. Uh, incredible cast. John Goodman, Susan Sarandon. They're just putting emotional numbers on the board in that. Cool. Christina Ricci, extremely hot. Hello. Wonderful film. And it like it gets at the emotional core of these things, too. It isn't just like, let's put a cartoon with people in front of you. It is actually taking these absurd situations and putting genuine heartfelt love into it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about an anti-capitalist work, like if you know Sonic the Hedgehog, let me tell you, John Goodman's character in Speed Racer is very much like anti-corporate interference <laughs> and is very much about like you you soulless motherfuckers are ruining racing kind of Hell shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's great. I mean, it's the Wachowskis. They're always about mm-hmm, that shit. Mm-hmm. But like even in their ostensibly kids movies, they're all about it. Speaking of anime, speaking of racing, my final recommendation for today is an anime film. In 2009, the anime studio Madhouse made a sci-fi racing film directed by Takashi Koike. It is a breakneck story about a racer named Sweet JP, a human with a crazy-looking pompadour involved in an intergalactic wacky racist scenario, and this film is called Red Line. Red Line is an incredible, visually arresting anime film it is all style it is all style there is very little substance but if it is not the most entertaining 109 four minute movie you will watch it is incredibly expensive looking we watched it in a movie night group that i go to every week and we joke that you could literally see the studio losing money in every frame It's great. It's an hour and 42 minutes long. Shout out to my man, Funky Boy. If you're not convinced uh, after me just telling you to watch an anime racing film in the abstract, look up the trailer to the film Red Line from 2009. You really got to get your eyes on this thing. It is worth the watch. Riley, it was really good to have you on the show. I really appreciate you coming on the show, talking about Sonic with me for the past three hours. <laughs> it's really wonderful. I, I love this little blue freak. We're going to go to bed right after this. Dreaming sweet dreams about Sonic the Hedgehog. But before <laughs> I let you go, please promote the hell out of yourself. Yes. My name is Riley Hopkins. You can find me on Tumblr at RevRyBread and Twitter still technically at RevRyBread. I don't check main anymore. You can't pay me to do that. You can find my games at linksmithgames.com. Um, those are all my tabletop stuff. But you can also find me on podcasts such as the Podcast Minds. There before the grace of pod go we, a podcast pilot pitching project where we go through and we pitch projects pitch podcasts to each other it's a comedy show it's very insular uh, champs in the making a pokemon bracket podcast where we put all 900 plus pokemon in a bracket together to figure out which one the best one is uh, we are currently midway through round three we do that show three at 30 minutes at a time it is it's getting messy in there it's bangers in here and everyone's breaking hearts also, you should check out Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends, a fan fiction inspired actual play podcast where we take the stories the corporations own and do our own shit with them. Because if we don't, who will? If you liked this episode, I have very good news about the next season of Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends and a character I may or may not be playing by the name of Shadow T. Hedgehog. <laughs> we put him on the infinity train. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you if you if it's coming out that time. You were hopefully around for the moon landing or the moon carnival. I hope you enjoyed it. And you can find out all the stuff we do at Moonshot at MoonshotPods.com or a goodfuckingpodcasts.com. Or mm-hmm. uh, if you want our Twitch, Moonshot.mov. 
Yeah. Wonderful network that I'm proud to be a part of. Riley, it was wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so, so much for coming on and talking to me about Sonic and his amazing friend Shadow. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Select and Start. Once again, I'm your host, editor, and promoter, Kiefer. If you enjoyed this episode, please give the show a positive review wherever you're listening to this. Engagement helps the show, and your feedback will improve it. And if you want to get more engaged, give the show a follow on Twitter at SelectPodStart. If you have thoughts on Sonic Adventure 2 or any other game we've discussed, send a DM or leave a comment, and I will gladly read it on the show. You can also support me on Patreon. If you pledge at least $1 a month, you'll get early access to new episodes as well as extended episodes with exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Vegito and find links to the rest of my projects in the description of this episode. Select and Start is on the Moonshot Network, which is supported by its own Patreon. Find out more on moonshotpods.com. And the art for this show is made by my best friend, Avery Ott. You can follow him on social media with the handle at AveryRobinOtte. That's A-V-R-Y, Robin, O-T-T. You can check out the links in the description for his work as well as Riley's. All right. I think that's it. Knock it off, Knuckles. I do want to be like Knuckles. So. He's got a TV show now. Yeah, I mean, how many TV shows do I have? <laughs> Kiefer, played by Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. Um, better than the other way around. <laughs> I'm cutting that one. I'm cutting that one out. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good joke. That's a good move. <laughs>